I was thinking about this the other day, Christian, and I don't know what your status on the matter is, but I'm a firm, firm, big believer. And I believe this more than I believe most things. <laughs> and most things I don't believe, but this is a big one for me. But you believe in this. And I believe in this one value. There's okay. one value above all other values. Mm-hmm. And if you don't believe this value, then you, your quality of life will go down. It's going to go downtown Charlie Brown. And for whatever reason, for any reason at all, always remember this one. Actually, are you recording? Yeah. You recording? Okay, shoot. You know what? We got we got Hunger Games, Catching Fire, Mockingjay Part 1, Mockingjay Part... Duh. All of this and more on this edition of Sequel Men, the podcast. Coming at you, not live from Pan Am. Two men talk about the films you care about. Or don't. It's the Sequel Men podcast, and it starts right now. All right, listeners, welcome back to another new episode of Sequel Men, the podcast. My name is Christian Bringitall, and with me is... Spencer, hi, how are you? Good? Good. And Spencer, we have another special guest with us today, don't we? We do, and he's in my ear, and he's in your ear. Absolutely. I'll let you do the honors. Me I'll let you or do him? the honors. Oh, no, you, Christian. <laughs> okay. I'll let you All do right. the honors. We have James Stevens joining us from Florida. James, are you there? Yeah, I am. Awesome. Now, awesome. James, for those of you that don't know, he's going to tell you about himself a little bit, but I will preface it by saying that you're not going to want to miss this episode. This person, James, J.S., as we call him in the biz, we've never called him that. I've never called him <laughs> that, is one of the, if not the biggest, Hunger Games fanatics that I have ever met, or that anybody has probably ever met, books and movies. So I'm going to go ahead and just hand it over to him, and why don't you tell us just how your your fandom and just who you are. Well, my name is James Stevens. Uh, Like I said, or like you guys said, actually, um, I'm originally from Michigan, but now I'm living down here in Florida. Uh, I work for the Walt Disney Company, which is pretty fun. I got into the Hunger Games when the first film actually came out. Um, I was in college up at Northern Michigan University, go Cats. Um, and one of my friends actually got me into it. Um, she really wanted me to watch the uh, read the books, uh, but they weren't in access at the time. Like every single copy was checked out. You could, I mean, you would go to Target, Walmart, all of they were, all of them were just sold out. Um, so we decided to actually go watch the Hunger Games at the movie theater on opening day. Um, but as you guys well know, the UP is not always friendly, especially with the weather. Correct. And considering this was, what, March 23rd, I believe, um, we have snowstorms in Marquette. And um, we were, <laughs> we were uh, snowed in, to say the very least. Thanks, Freaking snow. So. Snow is always ruining shit. Yeah, it sure is. And he. And so uh, <laughs> instead, I mean, they canceled like all the movie premieres and stuff. Mm. But I was like, well, I still want to get out. So we ended up going to Target and they had all three copies of the books available. Wow. Um, so I picked each of the copies up and took them home. Um, and I read all three probably probably within the span of two days. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. That's, Big fan. I like that. And I wish I had that reading. Yeah. And in case dedication. people are confused, he did say three books, and I would hope people would know mm-hmm. that there's three books, four movies, because they decided they needed more money. 
But before <laughs> we go any further, I forgot my little bit. Christian introduced us, but uh, we are the sequel men. And what we do here is talk about film franchises. And we rank them at the end. Right now, we're in the wrap-up episode, so we got some fun stuff. And we're going to reveal our Finn score, which is our final important necessary score. Mm-hmm. We have end-of-the-year awards. And we're just going to do a recap of all of them and just talk. And uh, if you stay tuned after the credits, and by credits I mean when we talk about where you can find us in Google, at Gmail, and Facebook, <laughs> then maybe Very or maybe clear. not you will find out what our next franchises you're gonna want to stick around so that is us but today talking about all the hunger games and before we go into it if you'll allow me i sometimes have this podcast within a podcast called spencer sports corner i (laughs) discovered this on accident i didn't plan this but i was on nfl.com checking stuff headlines where we were getting set up and this headline caught my eye after week-long hunt jay cutler finds his chickens attacker at last, and if you'll allow me, I'd like to uh, just dive right in this article real quick. It's hilarious. Sure. Jay Cutler, he's a former quarterback, uh, and, and he he was a rival of my team, the Packers. He, he was the Bears quarterback for a while. He sucked. So Jay Cutler has been at the center of some high-profile storylines in his life as both an NFL quarterback and an occasional reality TV star. But this, as he said, was the big one. The suspects for who could have killed his chickens at first covered a wide range. Cutler theorized the culprit could have been a coyote, a bobcat, a raccoon, even his cat, Thelma, who he said was a savage with loose morals. Thelma was later cleared of wrongdoing, as was the possibility of being a cheetah, probably because of where Cutler lives. But the quarterback ultimately determined his chicken's attacker. The one who savagely ended multiple lives in the Cutler's coop was in fact among the initial suspects. After a long night spent in a tree stand riding out a storm while wearing night vision goggles. Yes, all of this really happened. Cutler identified the chicken killer as a raccoon. Cutler's war (laughs) against the previous unknown assailant lasted roughly one week. The ex-quarterback posted his first Instagram story to inform his followers of the newfound conflict on his property, which evolved from the loss of one chicken to a few and the outwitting of Cutler's traps. Motion trigger trail cameras and a rooster anointed as protector named Old Blue. One morning, the former Bears and Dolphins quarterback woke to a front yard littered with feathers from another lost chicken. His battle continued with a basic trap set in front of the coop, which was knocked over by the mysterious predator. The next night, a more complex trap was avoided by the enemy. Could it be a fox or even a Sasquatch? One follower guaranteed Cutler it was the mythical forest-dwelling creature. Only a section of the attacker could be seen in the sole photographic evidence of the creature. Finally fed up, Cutler littered his yard with traps and took up his post in the tree stand. It was then that he identified the culprit, and though he didn't post photographic evidence, he did mention the clues that led him to this discovery, adding it was gruesome stuff, but reality of the situation. Cutler also acknowledged he won the battle, but the war will continue due to the likely presence of raccoon relatives. Former Bears teammate Josh McCown summarized it best. 
I envision you in the top of that stand during the storm challenging the raccoon as Lieutenant Dan challenged our creator at the top of the boat in Forrest Gump. Hero does not do it justice. From Old Blue, Merle, and the rest of the crew, thank you, Jay. And I did not make that up. That is a real article on NFL.com. Sports are no, slow right now. If you had made it up, then Jay Cutler would have been fending for himself on the street. Holy <laughs> crap. That was real. And that has been uh, Spencer Sports Corner. Now back to your regularly scheduled uh, Hunger Games. I was going to say, what else better to do during quarantine or COVID? Dude, that was bonkers. I ain't got nothing else. The season's not going. Uh, I got I got time to sit up in a tree. and That was absolutely bonkers. So, Hunger Games. James, question. Yes. If you Answer. had to pick between <laughs> reading the books again or watching the movies again, what would you do? If you could only do one one more time. Good question. That is a good question. But, you know, honestly, there's nothing better than the books. I thought That's maybe. That's the case with most everything, isn't it? Even though I know what happens, I, mean, I might read them after this. Maybe. Honestly, it's like the same with most series, you know, like the Harry Potter mm-hmm. movies oh, yeah. and books. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to... Definitely the books. We're going to get to Harry Potter eventually, but I can say straight up that <laughs> the book of Deathly Hallows is way better. Here's my thing with books and movies. Two. I don't... I mean, naturally, I compare, and I do prefer one over the other usually, but... It's almost unfair because it's like comparing an apple to a pecan. They're not one's not better than the other to me. They're different. They're different mediums, but hmm. also story-wise, one is always better. So I guess I negated anything. It's like I just comparing said. an ogres to an to a cake. Ogres are not like cakes. <laughs> ogres have layers. Okay, hungry. That didn't go anywhere. No, it didn't. It went nowhere. So I. I don't know how we usually start the discussion here, but no, Hunger Games was a ride. Yeah, it was a ride, and it it got me emotionally um, sometimes, but not always. True, I did a little bit of research in between our last recording and now about like some of the stuff behind the scenes on like the wiki for the Hunger Games wiki, like what the history of Pan Am and that sort of thing. It, I guess, District Thirteen seceded. Is that true, James? From Pan Am? So, yeah. So, basically what happened with District 13 is they came to a truce with the Capitol. Um, so, they said, we'll stop bombing you if you stop bombing us. And then they'll go underground and, you know, the Capitol can just pretend um, that it doesn't exist. And they actually used um, this footage. Um, they used this this sort of footage that they would play, um, and it was just on basically loop. And they would show the cat. They would show the different districts. Hey, just a reminder: this is what the capital can do to you if you don't fall in line. Mm-hmm. You're gonna look like thirteen. Um, and so it was basically just images of rubble and smoke <coughs> and stuff because thirteen was actually the nuclear district. They were oh, wow. um, they specialized in nuclear weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, that explains the arsenal. But obviously the Capitol also had access to that. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's okay. something they didn't tell you in the movies unless I missed that. N- n- I think they glanced over it very briefly. Mm. <coughs> so was that from... And part two. Is that mentioned then in the book or what? Just like other research, like what Christian was doing. Yeah. Yeah, no, they actually... They dive into it in the books because they actually show footage of it. And in one... Mm-hmm. 
one little part someone brings up that you can see a you can see a bird and i believe i believe it's it's a mockingjay um and the way that they're able to tell that it's basically on reloop is because they keep seeing the bird over and over and over again and it's doing the exact same thing you know it wow. flies in the exact same exact same position how prophetic not. um yeah and so this is like this is years old footage that they're just playing is that why they made her the mockingjay because of that symbol in the video um not that particular okay. video but um in other regards yes mm. that's interesting that would have been something that would that have been was, cool to that see one's, in one of the two parts yeah. that they just had to split the last book so, up into I mentioned it. Yeah, the Mockingjay actually stems from the Mockingjay pin itself that Katniss received. Mm. Um, And that's also different. The book is... The way Katniss gets the Mockingjay pin in the book is different in the movie. Um, Do tell. So in the the movie, um, in The Hunger Games, the original, um, Katniss goes into... Uh, what is it called? The that like flea market. Basically, the wet market. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she, you know, she's buying, or I think she's selling some types of berries and stuff. And she just glances over the pen and she asks how much it is. Um, and Greasy Say uh, tells her, "Oh, it, it's it's yours. Don't worry about mm. it." Um, and then she gives it to Prim. Right. Um, in the book, there's actually a whole separate character. Her name is Madge. Um, and she's kind of like a distant friend of oh, Katniss. Oh, Madge from they the warehouse? Really Does she work at the warehouse in the <laughs> office? No. No, she's actually the mayor's daughter. Oh, it's way different than the yeah. Madge I know. Yeah. Um, so Madge is the mayor's daughter of District 12. Um, Kat, they're, they're kind of friendly, but after the reaping, she gives the pin to Katniss as, like, um, as basically, like, this will, you know, this will take care of you. Like, this is a part of 12. It'll remind you of home. Gives you a reason to keep fighting. Blah, blah, blah. What, is it, what are those called? Not a token. A not memento. a relic. Uh, something, a uh, talisman, kind of. There you go. We'll go with that. Kind of. Yeah. What? What was I going to say? I think the mo- um, Oh, gross, gross um, oversight not having the pin reappear at the end of Mockingjay Part 2. Did it not? Well, it no. did, but just not the original. It was a black one, so it was black on black, right? That w- Oh, that was when uh, she got Was I missing it? Was I missing no, it? Is that what Effie so. put on her when she I'm was getting sure. her dressed up? Yes, 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 yes. Oh. Yeah, she still has the pen. It's just oh, black. So man. did they paint it black, or is that a whole new pen that they made? Of course, James is like, made at home. I'm going blind. I honestly don't know. I'd like to think they just painted it black. Well, no, why would they do that? I don't know. It's a brand new thing. It's black and black is the new. I mean, I'm end. sure that I'm sure they could have just easily replicated yes. it. To mm-hmm. be honest, they were mm-hmm. mass producing so. him at this point. And plus, it's oh, I'm incredibly sure. special because in the film she gives it to Prim, like you said. Yeah. Now we won't get too political because Christian and I have in the other episodes, <laughs> but just as a blanket statement, <laughs> we won't. At, no, we won't. We've said what we need to say, but just as a blanket statement. Would you agree, James, our our in-house Hunger Games expert, that it yes. was incredibly relevant watching this now, a more extreme version of what's going on kind of in America right now? Oh, 100%. Okay, I thought maybe mm-hmm. you'd say that. Good. We mm-hmm. just need affirmation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even 
even looking back at like 2012 when all of this was happening, you could even see kind of glimmers of it. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not so much in the United States, but more so across the world and mm-hmm. whatnot. Yeah, um, it's coming so, yeah. to a head. It is, yeah. Hopefully, change is uh, coming. I mean, a lot of it already had. But anyway, like I said, we're not gonna go into that. We're gonna try well, to stick to Hunger Games as much as we can. Speaking of politics, yeah. and I'm not going where you think I'm going. Al McCoin is basically Palpatine. A surprise, to be sure, but a welcome one. See, I would disagree with that <laughs> because she wasn't behind it all the entire time. So she kind of was. Okay, straight. And it was statement. even in the Fine, movie. I missed right. it in the movie. I just listened to a clip this uh, earlier today when um, Snow was explaining to Katniss in the greenhouse. My failure was in being so slow to grasp Quinn's plan. She let the capital and the districts destroy one another, and she stepped in to take power of a 13th arsenal. Oh, make no mistake. She intends to take my place now. I stand corrected. That's accurate. I, I like that uh, It's that kind of the same thing that Palpatine did. Old Palps. Orchestrating the Clone Wars and playing both sides. And then once the thing fell, he took over, just like and she he's took like, over. Uh, I declare myself emperor. I declare myself interim president. Yeah, I Everybody. mean, if there's no other votes against it, you good? I'm good? Yeah, I'm good. So we'll just go ahead and do that. I am the emperor. Uh, well, <laughs> interim emperor. But if nobody stands <laughs> up against me, then uh, I will just remain emperor Interim emperor. On the next, <laughs> the next page of my notes here, the Galactic Empire. We're having a conference and a welcome, just an orientation here today. Uh, there will be cookies and a light lunch, but feel free to bring a dish to pass. Thank you all. Thank you all. Galactic Empire. Someone raises their hand. I got a question. How are we going to do this? Not a good question. Presses <laughs> the button. Goes backwards into the Are we talking about Star Wars Hunger Games? Are we talking about Austin Powers, too? This isn't a wrap up on everything Evil. we've okay. done. I want to get right into something real okay. quick. Because it's been... I have not ever read a page of any of these books. Mm. So, we're going to give you a segment right now. I told you to prepare... I want to yes. know, we're going to start with the worst. What are the three worst changes Ooh. that they made to the movie? Like something that you're like, why you wish hadn't they changed, but it was kind of a, a, a yeah. significant change that made um, a difference. Like I was saying before, I think an aspect of having certain characters missing from the storyline. So, for example, like I said, Madge, how Katniss receives the you know the pen is completely different than in the than in the book in the movie um i prefer the way i think it's more um what's the word i'm looking for i think it's more personal from it coming from madge Mm -hmm. um but at the same time i do i i can appreciate that she gives it to prim in the film um but i still would have liked to seen the relationship between her and madge because that's not something that's just in the first movie it spans through really I think up until Catching Fire. I don't remember if she's in Mockingjay or not. Um, and then also, they, Gail's family is also in a lot of the books. Um, they're completely wow. basically erased from the You would think he's gone. an orphan um, and then watching the movies. Two, two people that Katniss meets in the woods in District 12 are um, Bonnie and Twill, who are from District 8, who are fleeing to District 13. Oh, um, and that was kind of a big deal because that was like the first time District 13 was really ever brought up. Um, hmm. So yeah, that was one of the things. I don't know if you want me to con- continue or not. Yeah, go right. You know, so that was your number three. Just mm-hmm. keep going down your list. This one, this yeah. one's you because um, we don't know the books. 
I would say my second one was honestly, I felt like, and for good reason, when you think of it realistically, I thought that the films overall were just a little too PG. Mm. Um, mm. Because in the book, they're a lot more graphic. Mm-hmm. And I understand it's children killing children, but at the same time, um, I, I mean, you see the video games that are oh, like yeah. put out. Good it's point. the brutal reality of the situation. Yeah. So overall, I just thought it was a little too PG. I think that they could have pushed an R rating, um, to, to be completely honest. Um, so, like, for example, the the Mutt Wolves that are in the first film, uh, they're actually supposed to take on characteristics of the Fallen Tributes. What? So they're, cool. they're supposed to have, like, yeah, so they're supposed to have, like, the eyes of, like, oh, Glimmer man. and Clove and all of that. That was completely, it was glossed over in the film. Um, and then... In the first film as well, Peta actually loses his leg yeah. after oh, the game. I knew that one. Yeah, that's um, what Spencer told yeah. me. Yeah, so just just minute details like that. I guess they're not so minute, but in the grand scheme of things, like I, I see why they could eliminate it. Um, and then the other one that I just had was just basic essential story elements. So I think I think we'll get into this eventually, but the fact that Mockingjay was split into two films, it was completely unnecessary. And I'm Thank saying you. that from a standpoint <laughs> where I love I love both. I love the Hunger Games, mm. but um, I had an issue with it with Harry Potter. I don't understand why it happened with Twilight. When it happened with Mockingjay, I was like, I don't, I don't understand this. Yeah, um, I think money is the well, explanation. Once one does it, they're like, hey, oh, we're yeah. a teen novel. We should do that too. Hey, Harry we should do it. After Harry Potter did it. Yeah, after Harry Potter, it was like open season with all of those. And then Breaking um, Dawn was the, the death of that, I think. Or did Divergent do that too? Divergent, I believe, did it with their third film as well and it kind of just died with that <sighs> Divergence when you don't hear or at least there was talks oh, that's about the it. sad like the hunger games was the last great t- young adult novel adaptation series and then it just kind of went okay divergent this is kind of repetitive and then maze yeah. runner this is kind of we've seen this yeah. already did they finish the maze runner no film wise they didn't well they they started filming it but then the actor well, i don't remember his name dylan something O'Brien, Dylan O'Brien yeah, I believe he got injured oh so that's just in limbo right now I guess I All mean right. he's what is he going to be three years older than... I don't know I don't know I don't <laughs> but that that's all I the big thing that I wish from <clears throat> what you just said was I I, I wish Pete had lost his leg that's like a big as if he wasn't already a burden does it that impact would have the rest it? of the story right well I guess yeah does it like is that a thing or it's just oh he did and then you just kind of remember in the grand scheme of things no but i mean it adds to kind of like what you said his i don't know everyone just kind of looks down at him like he's you know pathetic and useless um but i mean in the in the film i mean in the books they don't really use the amputation as so much a crutch Hmm. against Peta. So well, Spencer would have had a field day with that in the movie. <laughs> well, it would have made sense why he was so much of a of a burden. I, a liability, sorry. I think you said in the last one. He is a liability, <laughs> and I know James from our past. Well, from when Hunger Games was like big deal, just coming out. You yeah. were posting a lot. Uh, Josh Hutcherson is you're you're a big fan of his, 
Oh, I, yeah, I've had a thing for Josh Hutcherson for such a long time. I mean, we're the exact, we're basically the exact same age. Um, and I've, I mean, I've grown up watching all of his films and I've been a huge fan. I've met him a few times. Um, really great guy. Okay. And Spencer has to eat. So yeah, we'll get back I, to this I'm on in a, a special meal plan. So I have to eat in two and a half hour increments. So I'm going to run upstairs real quick. I'll be back. You're going to make a shake? Yeah, but I'm not going to use the blender. Okay. I'm just going to, actually oh. I might. I, I don't care. What I'm gonna I'm gonna use the blender, but um, you talk amongst <laughs> yourself. The brain blender. You'll still be in my ear, so don't talk bad about me because. A few moments later. I went to the premiere. Twelve um, seconds later. The Maki J Part Two premiere in Los Angeles. You should have seen me. Oh, are you serious? Yeah, it was a disaster. Oh, is that where you met some of the actors, or Josh Hutcherson, or? Um, I met Josh a few years prior. Um, at a charity basketball event, um, but then that's where I met the the rest of the cast. Most of them, not all of them. Okay, how was that like? But it, it was cool. Um, Josh remembered me, which was about died. There. That's awesome. Um, Jennifer was really nice. Uh, Liam was nice. The one that surprised me the most was actually Elizabeth Banks. Really? She was not into it at all. She did not want to be around the fans. Really? She could care less. Yeah, her. Oh. she didn't care. Um, oh, my God, who's the other one? Evan Ross, who plays Masala, the the guy with, like, the weird nose um, piercings and stuff in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't care either. Um, and he's one of the camera then, crew, right? Yeah. Okay. He's the one... Um, you know the meat grinder part where the basically those spinning wheels of like steel come out of the ground. He's the one who gets incinerated by that like blast that comes oh, from the ceiling. Okay, that was him. Okay, see, I didn't even know. I don't. Yeah, most people don't know who he is. I think he's related to someone famous. I have it right here. Who's he related to? Huh. I want to say maybe Diana Ross. Really? Yeah, he's the son of Diana Ross. Oh. It's kind of interesting. Is he in anything else? Uh, um, I have Wiki up here. He was in 90210, hmm. Supremacy, 96 Minutes, Pride, ATL. I haven't seen any of those. Okay. But that's super cool. You were able to go to the premiere. I would love. I would have loved to go to the Star Wars premiere. That was that was during our senior year. Really? So that would have been back in November. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's really cool. And you you sat in the same theater with everybody watching the premiere. Yeah. Yeah, after the premiere I literally ran into um Woody Harrelson. I didn't even recognize it was him. Um I don't know what I don't I honestly don't remember what I was doing. I think I was just walking and not paying attention. I was probably looking for Josh or something. Um, and I literally ran into him and he turned around and I'm like, I'm so sorry, Woody. And he's like, oh man, it's all right. <laughs> just walked off. <laughs> he was so, so awesome, man. It was so funny. Oh. But um, the one I really wanted to meet was Stanley Tucci and he, of course, wasn't there. Oh. Um, was he shooting something was else? Sad. I don't know what he was doing at the time. Hmm. I wonder if that's um, when Transformers 4 and 5 were being made. Yeah. That's what he was off doing. I don't think he was there. I'm pretty sure Julianne Moore wasn't there. She was another one I really wanted to meet. Mm. Um, but I met Natalie Dormer, which oh, was really cool because cool I'm 
I'm a big Tudors and um, Game of Thrones fan, so that was really cool. Um, I think she's in Mass Effect Andromeda. I think that's the only I thing so. I know uh, her from. Because, of course, I haven't seen Game of Thrones. Oh, it, she she plays one of my favorite characters in Game of Thrones. Nice. I like her um, haircut in Mockingjay. Yeah. She actually buzzed it, too, I believe. Mm. Was she at the premiere yeah. like that? or? No, I had grown back by then okay. because they filmed they filmed both part one and two at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so they filmed that what back in like twenty fourteen. Yeah, it was all back to back. It was one huge shoot. Oh right, right. Okay. Um. But yeah, so they signed they signed my copy of Mockingjay, and I still have it. That is just really cool. Really cool, like the whole cast. The majority of the cast, um, I have the big three, Jennifer, Josh, and Liam, they're on the cover. And then when you open up, when you open up the book, I had the rest of the cast signed there. And I definitely know I got Sam. Uh, I got Willow who plays Prim. Very cool. Um, I'm pretty sure I got Donald Sutherland, but I honestly don't remember. Okay. Now I got Suzanne Collins. I got the, I got the director. Oh, nice. Yeah. Were you in the amongst all the other fans in like the the red carpet line or were, did you have like vip access or something like that so i went with my friend leah and we didn't have tickets for the red carpet so if you wanted to go to the red carpet you were supposed to have tickets but we didn't have tickets so we got to downtown la um it, like right across from the Staples Center. Oh. We got there probably at like, I don't know, seven, eight o'clock in the morning. Mind you, the premiere wasn't until, it probably didn't start until around five. Right. Um, so I was just like, I don't even care if we don't get in right. to see the movie or if we're in anything. I just want to be a part of it. Cause like, this is like, this is the end of the Hunger Games. I just want to, I just want to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. So I didn't care. Um, and so we stood around and they had us like move from area to area. No one was telling us what was going on. And eventually they made up like a line of they made up a line of people who were Spencer, you're um, back. Mm-hmm. Welcome back. He's telling a story. Okay, I'm in. This is an awesome story. Um, okay. So they had a line of people who had tickets for the premiere and people who didn't have tickets for the premiere. And so they brought everyone who had the tickets forward, and then what they did was they um, gave them a wristband. And so if you had the wristband, you were the first people allowed to go into, like, the red carpet area. Um, and then eventually they were just like, fuck it, we have enough We have enough room, so y'all can go in there. So, I don't know, probably a hundred people were led into the red carpet, but it was, like, at the entryway kind of where the Staples Center is. Um, so they had bleachers there. And so all of those pe- people got stuck in bleachers. Mm. Um, and then they cut me and my friend off right after right after that. Or right before that. Okay. Um, and so they were like, and then you guys are basically going to the mosh pit, was, which was just like the square and the red carpet literally just wrapped around us. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were able to go from like side to side of the carpet and able to like, you know, take pictures and um, ask for autographs and stuff. Okay. And that's um, how you got your book signed? Which was honestly better because if you were stuck in the bleachers, you wouldn't have gotten 
the autographs and that's what i cared most about i I could care less about a selfie i was just like right i just want an autograph i'm sorry that's a collector's item now yeah that's really people had told me before that jennifer lawrence um was kind of you know meh about fans she was she couldn't be she couldn't be any nicer um you know she just came off her oscar win i think the year before and Mm. um I said congratulations. I remember saying congratulations to her about that. And she said, oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um, she's like, are you guys staying warm? And I'm like, yeah, it's it's Los Angeles. And we're from Michigan. So, you know, this is nothing. And she's like, oh, yeah, I, I understand that. Because she's from Kentucky. Huh. So, I love that you were able to have a little bit of a small talk with her. Yeah, she was great. But josh hutcherson was on was my favorite of course he was just like james how you've been and i'm like you remember me and he was like yeah how could i could forget um i'm sure this whole story is going to be on the episode and christian's going to put it in there absolutely but, um just to just he pointed a gun at me <laughs> I don't <want> no. <laughs> but uh you met josh hutcherson twice like give me what now so i've met okay the first time i the first time I saw Josh would have been back in 2013. Um, so he was a part of an, organiza- of an organization called Straight But Not Narrow, um, which basically was telling kids, like, it's okay to be straight and be, um, be accepting of gay people, basically. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. That was the gist of it. Um, but, like, a lot of the money went to, like, support. I believe some of the money went to support, like, the Trevor Project and stuff like that. Um so the first time I went, I didn't, I wasn't able to meet him cause I didn't buy the oh. specific ticket for that cause <sighs> I was broke. Um, and then the year after I was like, screw it. I'm going to save up the money. I'm going to yeah. meet him. Cause you know, he's been my icon for, I was what, 22 at the time or something. Um, so flew out to Los Angeles, went to the same event the year after met him. Um, basically just gushed all over him at one point we started talking about our deviated septum surgeries and how we basically swapped noses um and then i apologized because the year before i basically tripped his mom and almost killed her and she got and he went like oh it's okay i've done that fifty thousand times (laughs) he was so nice that's so cool um so you had legit conversations with him yeah yeah then i mean people tell you never to meet your idols um, so I was kind of just like, but I've heard so many good things. I, I mean, I had friends who had met him before and they're like, he's literally the most down to earth, down to earth person great. ever. Um, so yeah, we had like, I don't know, probably a, it felt like a five minute long conversation, but it was probably realistically only like a minute and a half, yeah. but mm. it was great. It made my day. That sounds awesome. Uh, actually it made my life, but you know, well, there you go. Um, do you, have you ever heard of, or do you follow, uh, the unqualified podcast with Anna Ferris at all, or have heard of it? I don't. I've heard of it, but I, I it's a recently just started getting into podcasts. Yeah, this one put it on your list because in one of the recent episodes, and what she she just has like other like celebrities from like a range, you know, A list to C list. She has big names on her show, and she just talks to sure. them and just talks about stuff, but on a recent episode i haven't listened to it yet but it's downloaded but she had josh hutcherson on so oh, really? that might be one that you'd be oh, interested yeah. I'll have in to hearing. listen to that because they usually yeah, talk just about re- their life and how they came about and a whole bunch of cool stuff yeah he just recorded um 
I think he literally read like one of Dr. Seuss's books and I just listened to it. I was just like, this is good enough for me. I'll listen <laughs> to him read the Bible. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I would too. I mean, <laughs> that know, would be awesome actually. When I first saw him in this, I didn't follow the casting or anything. I didn't, IMDB yeah. wasn't really something I looked at that much when this first came out. But when I saw him in there, the only thing I know I had known him from besides what I was currently watching, which was The Hunger Games, was RV. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> when I saw him and I'm like, that's the kid. He's... And he was, should have been nominated for an Academy yeah. Award for that. Let's be honest. For no, RV? I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Why boys make some noise? <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> he was such... Oh, man. You hadn't, have, you hadn't have watched, like, Zathura or, like, Bridge to Terabithia I watched a that? little no. bit of Zathura. I have not. Okay. And I don't know if I've seen I, much after this. I recommend Bridge to Terabithia. Um, as an adult, it will rip your heart out and, like, mm. it'll stomp all over it and make you want to just drown yourself. I haven't I think watched I'll pass it. then. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. Um, who's the other actress? Anna Sophia Robb. They're both like I don't know. I know. 10, I know that name. That. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I know what movie. You're, yeah, they're little. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've seen him in much else. That was a good movie. I've seen him in RV, All the Hunger Games. <laughs> yeah, that's that's, a, literally that's pretty much me it. as well. Oh, apparently he was in Kicking and Screaming. Oh. He, he was. Went, yeah, okay. <laughs> he played a, the voice of Hero Boy in the Polar Express. What? Yep. I don't know which one Hero Boy oh, was. No. No, he did, he wasn't the voice. The motion capture. But he I believe he did the motion capturing. Oh, okay. And then yeah. the other big one That's that he's kinda... in, well, the only other one that I saw yeah. was he played he he played he was in the Disaster Artist. Oh yes, as he played Philip slash Denny. Denny. So that was come he, on, Denny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, Josh, let's go eat ham. Great. So when I make fun I think of him, his character, it's the character. Just so you we're clear, not. The oh actor. yeah, no, 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 <laughs> no. I can totally understand where people are coming from. Um, so I, I understand. Poor okay, Peter. good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, poor Peter. But hey, yeah. I will say this. He's about as he's real strong. He can throw yes, a he's bag as of strong flour. as his namesake. What? I don't know. Does that make sense? No. Peter Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> Peter can hold a lot of things, but in the end, if you pack too much in it, it's going to rip and you're going to lose your sandwich. Same thing with the character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, the thing, uh, you said that in Di- District 13 was kind of introduced. Which book was that in? Catching Fire or when they meet up um, with the District 8 refugees? So that would have been in right before the quarter quell. Okay. Um, I'm trying to remember the exact scene. So I believe, I don't remember if it's pre or post Gale's whipping, but it's somewhere around that area. Okay. So now with District 13, I, having no knowledge of the books, I appreciated that it was like a huge, big, like, reveal at the end. I think that's what I was going to say. Because it's never mentioned. Yeah. But yeah. what would have made it a little bit more powerful, I think... As if either in Hunger Games or Catching Fire in the beginning, it was alluded to like, "Yo, we don't want, we don't want to end up like 13. What up? Well, third, it's gone or something. They Just were so obliterated. We right. Well, actu- actually, in the very in the very beginning of the prelude, uh-huh. when Snow is talking about mm-hmm. the games, I think he does mm-hmm. briefly say, um, 13 districts rebelled." 
I believe that's part of oh, okay. it. Okay, but not I many people right. pick up on that. You're right. Yeah. You, yes, I, he does say that. Yeah. But either way, how they did it in the movie, I'll, I think, I'll yeah, get to said. Catching Fire, but that it ranks in my top like 20 movies of all time. Like I loved the, the big movie. reveal at the end. Just the whole movie, Catching Fire. I loved that movie. It's so good. It I, is, I, it's my gonna, favorite one out of the four. Well, oh yeah, I, it's and. Yeah, we'll get to our favorites in a bit. So now I want to transition real quick, hard right, not left. But while we have momentum with the books and differences and stuff. Did he give the top one worst? Top first worst? Yeah, it was... What was it? Briefly again. What was your number one like worst thing that was changed from the book? Uh, I don't remember. Oh, okay. Well, I, I just have it. a list. Honestly, I don't. I honestly, I don't know if there's a pecking order. Oh. I just thought they're mutually all, you know, around the same. Fair enough. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but yeah, and then one of that one that I did wanted to just throw in real quick was, um, the books go more into like the importance of sponsors and gifts. Mm. That would have been nice. Um, yeah. So Agreed. they kind of just, you know, glanced over that in the first one. Um, and then like the importance of finding drinking water, because in the first in the first book, Katniss nearly dies because she goes without water for such a long time. Oh. But in the film, it's like, oh, she falls down this she falls down this hill and there's you know, there's a stream of water. <laughs> convenient. How convenient. Plot armor. <laughs> so. Yeah. So, I mean, it's necessary in film to do that right. stuff. Sometimes yeah. nobody mm-hmm. wants to watch Katniss you know, hike around the woods for five hours yeah. looking for water. <laughs> right. but still. And that's the challenge that that screenwriter And you're watching Discovery to, Channel. Right. Man, you're, right. You're, watching, you're watching Woman vs. Wild here. But yep. the the thing that people got to remember, like before they just really rip a movie apart of, well, it's different than the book. The book did this. Be, is you got to translate it in a way that makes sense. You're not going to have every little detail from the book because it won't translate well. So that's the one thing... I'm lenient with when a movie's based on a book in general. But some stuff is unforgivable. Some stuff is egregious, like oh, the yeah. ending of Deathly Hallows Part 2. Mm, Don't even get me started oh, with Harry okay, Potter. We won't. Like, oh. we won't. I have feelings about that. <laughs> I, Overall, I, I, I honestly do think that the Hunger Games series were very faithful to all three books. That's good. That's Overall, good they were very faithful. So I, I as a fan, I appreciate okay, that. Okay, good. So speaking of that, I'm not going to open Pandora's box anymore. Yeah, don't. <laughs> so so three of the best changes then, where you're you're watching the movie, you're yeah. going, okay, I'm, that's a good change from the book. That makes sense. Sure. I'm glad they did that. That was a good call. Yeah. So I think my favorite is basically you get to see Snow's perspective and you get to see some of the behind scenes of the games. In the book, it's all from Katniss's perspective. Right. You don't see, I mean, you don't know anything about Seneca Crane. You don't understand why he's doing the things he's doing. Um, you barely see President Snow. Um, so I like the conversation, particularly between the two of them. Mm. Um, same thing happens in Catching Fire between you know Plutarch and President Snow. All of that's missing from the from the book um and then a second one that i had was the relationship between Hamish and effie um mm. so i think we'll we'll probably get into this later um at the end of mockingjay part two um the scene where they you know they smooch for a, a hot sec yeah. that actually isn't in the book at all um it wasn't even in the script uh, right. it's just something that the two actors just 
went and did. Um, that was kind of nice. Um, yeah, I like Because it. you get to see an arc of both of the characters yeah. that you wouldn't have seen otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my third one that I had was just inclusion of the scenes from other districts. Um, I'm not talking so much about the um, the Victor's tour, but I'm talking more about like the dam that they um, basically destroyed. Oh, and yeah, then yeah. The scenes in like District 7 where they're like, if you... Um, if we burn, you burn with us, uh, where they blow up all the trees and stuff. I, I That was nice to see because, once again, you kind of just hear about it in the books. Mm-hmm. Um, Katniss might have seen, like, a little snippet of it, um, but that was it. Okay. F- those were my top three. Follow-up. Hold on. Let me adjust my yeah, chair. That's going to be re- fun for Christian to edit. Yeah, thanks Go ahead, a lot. Go ahead, and then I have a question. No, <laughs> it is nice to have that in the film because, like you said, the books are all first person. So Yeah, and that I did know. Um, we can't step outside yep. of Katniss's point so, of view. Knowing that, that it's literally from first person Katniss in the book, um, the relation or the development of Plutarch, because we get to see him yes. making the games and we see him and we, mm. we see him talking to Snow. How was that yep. handled in the book then? Because he's kind of a key part. Is it we he, we meet him when Katniss meets him and then nothing and then all of a sudden oh here he is in the end and he's, he's a very a good mysterious yeah, so, figure in Catching Fire yeah yeah so in the book she meets him the same way that she meets him in the film right. so you know they they're at the president's mansion and they have a little discussion there um, and then I'm trying to remember I, I I read it probably like two weeks ago in preparation for this. Oh, nice. um, I want to say you don't we don't see Plutarch again until the hovercraft scene mm-hmm. after after the end of the quell. Okay. So I think So that entire part is missing from the book. So in that way, I would assume the movie is a little bit more satisfying because we're seeing him and we're like, oh, this oh, guy's yes. working with snow. And then it's a boom, big yes. reveal at the end. This character that we've been with the whole time has been behind yep. it all. Okay, so. Well, actually, there's, I believe it's a deleted scene in Catching Fire where Plut- you actually see that Plutarch actually switches uh, the quarter quell the little card that snow is about to read. So he goes oh. down into the vault where all of, like the quarter quells um, Basically, I, I don't know what they are. They're little slips telling you what what the quarter quell will be of that year. Oh. Um, but he actually changes his out changes it out. So he orchestrates um, the tributes being yes retributed. Basically, see, I think that was a good delete because the film, then it yeah. makes it look like Snow thought of that to get it yep. to get uh, yeah, and it makes Snow <clears throat> like the 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 mastermind of it, but. That's another way yeah. of well, well not necessarily. He could have film. spoken it into Plut- uh, Plutarch. He could have spoken into Snow's ear, like True. here's what yes. we're going to do, and that's kind of what they do in the film. It, they do. It, they he he does this. He's really good at making it seem like it was Snow's idea and making it seem like it's a good idea, but then it all kind of it's all he's very well, clever. He's, he's one Lannister. of my favorite. Yes, he's one of my favorite characters for that. In that regards, is he's this undercover agent. But he's real clever about it, just making, being convincing to Snow and yeah. giving him these ideas that Convince are all part me. of his plan, but it makes it look like it's Snow's plan and it's bad. It, yeah, you get what I'm saying. But I 
his Can character. You run that by me again? No, <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> I really like the the scenes they added in the first film, with the uh, between Seneca and Snow, because I I didn't oh, know right. those weren't in the novel. I thought I didn't know Gary Ross actually wrote those in, and they're really well well written scenes yep. too. Interesting. And like I said before, that was one of the that was one of my personal favorite things. Okay, cool. Yeah, good. Because that's completely omitted too. from the. Yeah, that's completely. That entire conversation is is omitted in the in the film or in the book. Just the way he says it makes mm-hmm. so much sense. Mm-hmm. Like his whole hope and fear spiel. Segwaying from that, then, since we're kind of talking about parts that we like and stuff, um, Christian and I on the wrap up do this: like we we list our our bottom three worst moments of the films, okay, and our top three best moments. So we're gonna do okay. that. If you, we're gonna let you have an input there. We'll go first, sure, and then you can think of some because I I didn't tell you to have that prepared. I just had you do the book thing, but uh, that's okay. I know, sorry. So these are no, this is good. moments just from the movie. So we're gonna start with worst first, and these okay. these are gonna spring other conversations. I'm gonna let too. you go first. So bottom three worst moments. These are moments I didn't care for. Number three, and I get why it happened. I just didn't like it because I kind of liked this character throughout. But uh, just the whole Caesar going dark. I didn't <laughs> like that. It made me uncomfortable. <laughs> he was really flamboyant. What I wanted. Was for yes, was for him to just be this goon, or this personality. But then another twist they could have thrown in, and obviously they didn't in the book, so it would have been a huge. Well, I guess I don't know, but it would have been a huge uh, stray from the book. But it, if he was like a, another undercover guy, or he turned, or he saw how bad it was, and showed up as like a refugee, like hey, I want to join the revolution. I don't know. I didn't like him going dark. It it made me. It I felt betrayed. So okay. number two worst moment. <laughs> this one's nitpicky, but I I had to because I had to have a Peta moment in here, and it's just something that doesn't make sense to me logistically. Is oh. when Peta <laughs> somehow, without a mirror and without paint, paints a perfect camo body <laughs> for himself in the arena. I don't know where he got the paint. I don't know <laughs> how he did it without a mirror, like I said, but it's perfect. And that really pissed me off because well, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> How do you get the paint in District 12? Because obviously he's doing this stuff in the district right, before the, he got to the capital. They have paint. You're, they don't, the game makers How aren't going to place paint in the he arena. He was decorating hey, cakes in District 12. Exactly. He was, oh, they, yeah. They, they, cakes. Yes, yes. So yeah. sidebar, does, is he camo in the book, I'm assuming? Yes. Okay. And, yep. Okay. Katniss doesn't question that does it there translate either, a little because bit. Because I would have asked, hey... How the hell did you do that? Did you where did no. you get the paint? Is it paint? 
No, I don't. I don't think. I don't think mud. she. I don't think she says anything. I mean, I'm assuming he uses mostly like mud and clay and stuff ah. like that. You know, whatever's near the riverbed. Um, like in the film, like you see, he literally is covered in moss and basic stuff like that. So I'm. I'm just assuming he used whatever resources were readily available. You know what? I feel yes, dumb Spencer. now. That makes sense. <laughs> but that still doesn't explain why he was absolutely perfect. So well, he's I'm keeping no, cakes no, no, a long no, no. Time. I agree. I'm keeping that. So number one, I mean, we have to appreciate Vian Neal's work though on on oh, Josh sure. Hutcherson there. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, sure. it was amazing. No, it was all the makeup but, you know, and everything. It was yes. This is. This I wish is I could say the same franchise. for Katniss, for Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, I'll let you have your moment with that. But yeah, so my number <laughs> one worst moment. What and this is it's just so cringy. I couldn't. I. It made my butt itch. I don't know how else to explain it. It didn't. I was being funny. (laughs) Katniss's first attempt at propaganda, Uh. (laughs) not only was it cringy because she just couldn't get the lines or whatever, but the tone didn't fit this movie, and it just seemed really forced. It it reminded me of when they do bloopers at the end of an animated movie. They're literally (laughs) scripted bloopers, so they're overacting, pretending to screw up, and it just... it. I wanted I wanted to eat a cactus instead of watching that scene, <laughs> but I didn't have access to a cactus. I'm on a diet, so oh, that's that's my top my bottom three worst moments. Yeah, he had to settle for the itchy butt, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's all cactus related. <laughs> for whatever reason. Okay. I don't know, Christian, what are your three worst? I guess it's gonna be my turn here. Uh I gotta have to go with you for third worst the uh and honestly, I can't really pinpoint any like worst, absolute worst moments. It was hard to think of because overall, these this is a pretty yeah. decent franchise here. I would have to go with the the propo segment yeah. as it's well. Hot in these propos. Just, <laughs> it's it is very cringy. Yeah. And it's it's funny because it's an actress Jennifer Lawrence acting poorly on purpose. Yeah. I think that plays to her acting ability. She's such a good actress. Oh, yeah. That's true, that she though. Can't that is do true, though. Bad acting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and when she does, it's bad acting. Wait. <laughs> or it's so cringy. is she good or is she bad? Or is she good at being bad? Or is she bad at being bad? Or is she bad at being good at being bad? All of them at once, I suppose. Or this is a paradox. You're confusing me. We're gonna we're gonna go ahead and stray away from that. <laughs> yeah. Give me your number two. <laughs> okay. Number two, I'm gonna have to go with Ah. Uh, did you not write these down? I did write them down. I did so write them down, it. but they're kind of hard. That's what she said. Go ahead. Ga- <laughs> <laughs> okay. Gail. Just in general? Just. I'm Good sorry. Call. The whole Gail sob story, story thing oh. from Mockingjay Part 1. Thank you. It oh. seemed so... F- it's Like I said, it seemed like he was trying to steal Katniss's thunder with Cressidia. Is that her name? Is that correct? What's the director chick's name? Cressida. 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 We're close. Cressida. I knew it started with a C, though. What? She's like, keep the camera <laughs> on Gail. And I was like, oh, crap. Gail's going to try and overstep his bounds here. And then he goes on the sob story about, I could have saved the children. So I could have carried so many children on my back. And this raises the question, is Liam Hemsworth, not Thor, is he a good actor that's so good that he can't play bad? Because that seemed really cringy, too. Or is he a bad well, actor trying to be good at being bad? Is it all right? I'll stop. Is it cringy or is it just the 
the tropey. It's tropey. Think of the children. Yeah, it's thing. Tropey. That's what. Yeah. Ugh. I don't know. Good. That's a good number two, though. That's a good. I can't wait to hear what your number one is, because that one was. You didn't like that at all. Um. No. Because it was so suspicious. Mm-hmm. Which is. I'm gonna let you finish. And then it leads you down the rabbit hole. But I got it. Another thing about Gale is him showing his like his militarism. You don't like that? I don't. But that's his. Okay, we don't really get much of Gale except he's kind of a love no. interest, but he's not. But he's just a guy. What, James? This he just kind of we'll complains the whole time about Katniss making him Wh- feel bad. What is he in the book? What What is his background? What Why? What is he? So, in the first film. Well, book, um, like both actually. Um, they they're just strictly friends. Like, there's nothing more. Um, once the whole Hunger Games thing goes into effect and she comes back, it becomes more of like a flirtatious kind of friendly. Like, they don't really know how one feels about one another. But Gail is obviously very jealous of Peta. Mm. Um, don't know why. And obviously has something for Katniss, but he doesn't want to man up and do anything about it. Um, and then it transitions more into like, oh, I love Katniss. It, it's it's more Man, subtle than that. They go right off um, the bat with that in the first movie, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what idea I like better, but I know that it's just he's just kind of there. I mean, he's important, but not really kind of. Listen, I am not a fan of Gale. Well, I'm sorry. And what you he don't did. have to be. Yeah, what he which, did. <laughs> is that your number one? Just kidding. Go with your number one. Number one, I'm going to go with the coin. I'm president now. I appoint myself president. Oh, and you, like you know that? what? We're going to have a symbolic Hunger Games for payback. I can dig that. And that kind of ties in with the whole theme of the revenge arc. Just not even with her and Gail. And right. it made me think of what does Aunt May say <laughs> in Spider-Man 3? It's like a poison. It can can take you over before you know it turn us into something ugly well the thing but, is and that's kind of what that's what revenge is what caused gail to uh be involved in what happened to prim because that was his true. plan all along like in the er, earlier in the movie he's like oh we're gonna lure him here and then we're gonna bomb him then we're gonna have a second bomb it's like we talked about that's literally what happened again yeah. But yeah, coin, just her it's just that's the last thing you want to do. Like let yes. let's just keep going let's just keep the cycle going, you know? Well that's how this and that's basic, stuff yeah. keeps happening and it's never changes because mm-hmm. you know, you Well actually what if we just to get revenge and then they were rebe- yeah. So did that spark any If I were sitting at that table I would have been like, Are you kidding me? Well like, yeah. <laughs> I mean Peter kinda was. He's like, nah, dog. But but Katniss had her own that worked out, which was a cool moment, I think. Mm-hmm. But uh, off the top of your head then, James. Up yes. D- strictly from the the films, what were three moments that you were just like, ugh, didn't work for you? Are we speaking in just... In regards to just Mockingjay or oh, the, no, entire the, whole, the entire yeah, series? All four yeah. of them. These, yeah. The entire yeah, series? Yeah, these are our overall worst moments. Honestly, like I said before, my number one is Mockingjay being split into two. Fair enough. Um, it just wasn't needed. I felt the first one dragged 
and I yes. felt even the second one it, it dragged for quite a bit mm. um, until they got to the capital, and then it's like, okay, here we go. Um, well, then it happened. So I mean, fast. that was yeah, and I mean that that was also the book, to be completely honest. Um, yeah, that's probably my number one, and then Gail, just because Gail, I I just don't. I I, I have a lot of feelings. About <laughs> I it. agree. <laughs> It's just like feel sorry for me, blah blah blah. It's you only like, kiss me when you when whiny, I'm hurt. Like, it, but yeah. he's Thor's brother. It's not like he can't find anybody he wants. And no, and I mean like in the book they make it very apparent that like girls are like falling head over heels for him. So it's just like, but you know, he has a thing for Katniss. He only has eyes for Katniss. But he, he won't do anything about yeah, it. Yeah, he just complains about it. Yeah, he's very Anakinish. <laughs> Yeah, a little better acting, but uh, except he yeah. likes Sam. <laughs> I'm gonna punch in the face. <laughs> no, I'm just don't. kidding. Please, no, don't. I won't. All right, let's get back on a happy note, Christian. Do and then you you be thinking of of some best moments too. But uh, top three best moments of the films, top starting three best with moments. number three. Starting Go. with number three. Oh, that's a good one. Like when number- she's like, I'm just kidding. Number three, I'm gonna go with the the mutt sequence in Mockingjay Part Two in the sewers. All this mm-hmm. solely because of the the symbolism behind everything, like with Peta's development, like him being literally and figuratively chained up by his state of mind, and then when the mutt, uh, you know, cuts his uh, bondage in half, and he rescues Katniss, it's almost like he's himself again. And just that moment of transformation, I love that. And the fact that it's in the mutt sequence and he calls Katniss a mutt at the very beginning of the movie. Oh, Ring theory. Good callback. Yep. That um, was a good one. And with the Finnick thing, with him meeting uh, his end in so an aquatic, sad. if you want to call it that, setting. Kind of a kind shitty way to die in <laughs> the <laughs> sewer. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> a little... Piss poor on his part. <laughs> I guess uh, you could say he was washed up. <laughs> okay, Austin. Okay. <laughs> That's my number three. Number two, I'm going to go with the when Katniss screams at Buttercup Ooh, at the end. That's another good one. That actually made me a little teary-eyed when I watched it. And I had never seen part two before. So... So and I was like, oh, died. and I didn't notice. Was that the same cat? And then, I, okay, it is Buttercup. Yeah. Yep. And when she starts screaming at it and crying and then tossing stuff, and then you see the cat's face, it just, it got me. Because that was number, two. <laughs> great performances on both parts of the cat and <laughs> yeah, Katniss. Yeah, cat, give him an Oscar right now. Um, just the emotional impact of that and having that be the last remaining thing of her sister, really and how that impacted her as a character. That was really nice. It was. That Exce- was a powerful moment. My sister, <laughs> I was talking to her about the movie a couple of days ago, and she was like, the thing is, uh, but I got to say, Jennifer Lawrence needs to stop with the spit, with, like, the drool. She did when, drool, didn't that, she? Yeah, that little drip of... I noticed that. That was weird. Just a bit. That was weird. She went all out. She went hard. It's oh, you need me to like, cry? <laughs> is it, it's like Tropic Thunder. You're my brother. <laughs> 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 my brother. But yeah, 
that this scene is so good. Yes, it is. Really impactful. That is impactful. You're impactful. And number one, this impacted me, I believe, the first time I saw the film. I'm going to pause you real quick before you explain. I mean, just real quick. This is the first time, I think, in any of these wrap-up episodes where our bests, none of them are the same. Good. I have all different best ones. So, okay, continue. We had no collusion. Right. Like someone else in a certain country. But anyway. Ah. (laughs) Nice. Number one. Kind of rushing into that one, aren't you? (laughs) Okay, I'm done. Oh, boy. Number one, Rue's farewell and the District 11 uprising. That got me. The music is a big part of that because that's the first time you hear that beautiful piece of score from James Newton Howard. That that theme that's played kind of ad nauseum throughout the rest of the films, but that was such a powerful moment. And I I think I got teary-eyed when I watched it at the theater too. I can't remember, but really powerful, really impactful. And that's about all I have to say and that's about all that. All I have to say about that, yeah. All right, <laughs> yeah. So my three best, again, for the first time, are all different than yours. No overlap. Good. So number three, in this moment, I picked because it's not like a good happy moment in the book in the movie, but I remember watching in Catching Fire in theaters, and this just got like I was shot. I didn't see it coming. And it just hit me hard, like, what are they going to do? Is when the announcement of the quarter quell victor pool was going to be from the existing victors. And that just, it was like a gut punch, because A, that meant Katniss was guaranteed. And B, it was going to be either Peta or Hamish. And Hamish was my favorite character. So I I was torn. And it was a gut punch. And then we meet all the other victors, which is cool, and then we get this old lady, Mags, and that gets you, too. It was just a really... I liked the concept, because otherwise you're going in there with a bunch of unknowns, random kids again, and it's the and exact same thing. So that was a nice little You're really twist. big into sports, too. Yeah. So that probably... It was almost was like, like watching a sporting event, That's the all-star sense. game. <laughs> and <laughs> knowing that... And just how they hammered home, how, well, we love you all, but and you won, and they, you, they thought they were going to be safe... And they then they're not after winning, thinking it's all done. They're called back in, and that was just such and a I think like that's a high why stakes moment. Joanne is so pissed off at Katniss. She was great too. I loved her. If her it weren't whole, for you, we wouldn't be here right now. Right, and oh man, that I just that moment got me. Like I think my jaw actually opened. I'm like, what? that was great. So number two, and this one I'm surprised you didn't mention, but the thing that started it all. Was when Katniss, I volunteer's tribute. Mm. That I mean, that's a big moment. That's one of the most quoted moments of these. We use it's that iconic today. iconic at this. It point. is iconic, and yep. she, it's just such a because nobody at that point had ever volunteered. So this was a big thing for her, for anybody, for the games in general. And it was such a powerful moment to have her, the love for her sister, just take over and be like, you know what? Nope. And at that point, she didn't think she was gonna win. She was ready to sacrifice herself so Prim could mm. live at least a little while longer. So that was big, powerful. And that's what set the the path in motion. The motion, that's what, uh-huh, that's, that's what, what set, set it all. the story in motion, Yes, yeah. that is correct, what I was trying to say. And my number one, and again, this is a moment I remember watching in theaters, 
and it just hit me like a hammer to my kneecaps. Because if I was standing, I would have collapsed. This was such a big, like, wow moment for me. It was <laughs> awesome. And I felt amped. I felt powerful. I wanted to go burn a pallet, not a building down. <laughs> I wanted to go burn a pallet, a little pile of pallets. Is when you think, oh, oh she's getting picked up to be Capitals hostage after, and catching fire after she blows up the arena. But then... The moment when Plutarch says, you've been our mission all along, you're the Mockingjay, I'm like, whoa! Like That's when I realized there's bigger things going on. This was all part of a, a well-thought-out plan against the Capitol, and it got me There are worse games hyped. to play, right? Yes, and I was so hyped at that moment. Just the way we saw Hamish in there and uh, Finnick, and Katniss didn't know what was going on, and Plutarch, who we thought was a bad guy, and my first thought, Hamish is in with the Capitol. And I thought that was the twist, but then nope, and that just got me. I love mm. that moment. That'll always be my favorite moment of the Hunger Games series. Whew. Another good moment is... Uh, oh, I have an honorable mention, but yeah, go ahead. go ahead. No, you go ahead. Honorable mention, when Katniss shoots the dome, destroys the dome. That's good one, and still no overlap. But when Katniss reveals the Mockingjay dress in Catching Fire, how it turns mm. to black and the wings, and she's standing there, and then Caesar's like, it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a fucking bird. And she's like, it's a Mockingjay, bitch. I'm just like, yo, <laughs> it's on. This, she literally is catching fire. And it got me hyped. Another honorable mention. And this is my last one. And then, James, I'm going to turn I was just worried you. about getting burned. Or, yeah. But when... At the end of the film, Catching Fire, just how there's no music, it cuts from her eyes, which is powerful, and then has the the Mockingjay symbol, but then it catches fire and opens up and then goes to the song. Yo, I was hyped. Even just a logo with sounds is just... That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And I'm just like... I'm going with you on that one. I didn't know what to expect, so it got me hyped. Excellent. Phew. I don't know. Now I'm all worked up because I'm pumped up about Catching Fire. <laughs> James, yeah. moments that stuck out to you over the whole franchise. Oh, there's so many. I know. Um, off the top of my head, the first one has to be when Katniss kills Coin. Because mm. uh, it was so satisfying because all I could think of while watching that scene was she was probably thinking in her head when Hamish said, remember who the real enemy is. You know, she's oh. able to see past... She's able to see past her hatred towards Snow and see that at the end of the day, Coin is the real person. Coin is responsible for her sister's death. She, you know, and it would just it would keep continuing. The Hunger Games would just keep going, but with the capital citizens after this, um, that was something I I really enjoyed. Um, I also just have to say, overall, the score throughout the entire series was mm-hmm. I loved it mm-hmm. especially um, the count whenever it was the countdown to the Hunger Games like oh. that music just gets me so pumped yes. up yes um, and like I honestly I will work out to that music sometimes like when I like when I feel like I need to get my butt up you know and run or whatever play play the music um, that starts catching fire uh, when they're dropped in the cornucopia you, you'll run trust me um, <laughs> good call on that good call I love that. And then, I honestly, overall, I think it was the best casting that they possibly could have done. I, was I think so. Um, the, the casting was great. I remember 
you know, before it was even a film, I just remember hearing about who's going to be Katniss, um, who's going to play Peta, who's going to play Gale. And then when it was announced, so many people were upset, you know, that Josh and Liam were cast. Um, Jennifer Lawrence at the time wasn't so much a huge deal. I mean, she just came off her Oscar nomination for Winner's Bone. But past that, she was like, who's that? Mm. Um, but the casting was brilliant. I agree. I would agree. Those are, yeah. those are my top And things. a follow-up to that. Hey, Mitch, perfect. Was yeah. there anybody that when you found out the casting, your initial response was, ah, I don't know about that, but then you were proved wrong? Um. Yeah, so Sam Claflin as Finnick O'Dare. Okay. Um, because the only impression I had of him at the time was when he was in Pirates, Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, Stranger Tide oh, or whatever. Oh, he was in that. He wasn't, uh-huh. I completely uh-huh. forgot. That was my first impression of him, and I was just like, eh. Because in the book, he's supposed to be, like, godlike, and Sam Claflin, he's attractive, but he's not the most attractive guy in the entire world. Um, so that was another big casting casting thing that was going on. Um but other than that, I can't think of anyone else, to be completely honest. Everyone else I was very, I was pleased with. I can't think of anyone else either who was miscast. See, and I didn't follow it close enough to be like, oh, when they revealed, right. oh, he's playing or she's playing. I just, I saw that uh, Woody Harrelson was in it, and I'm like, all right, I'll give this, this <laughs> these films a try. Yeah, after after the success of the Hunger Games, the build up to Catching Fire and who's going to be cast as the other tributes were a huge thing. So like mm. uh Jenna Malona's, you know, Joanna Mason, Finnick, oh, uh Beatty, all of those were just like who's going to who's going to do it. Beatty again. Jeffrey Wright is another guy. I haven't seen him in a yep. lot of things, but what I have seen him in, I've loved him in everything. Specifically Catching Fire. I don't think I've seen him in anything else but this, to be completely honest. For a while, I was in that same Casino boat. Royale. He is, and I think he's in the other ones, mm-hmm. too. Oh, but, yeah. But he's in the James Bond love, uh, universe. But he, sidebar for him, you know he was cast in The Batman, the Robert Pattinson Batman, mm-hmm. as Commissioner Gordon. Oh. So yep. I'm real excited to see him. That's that. going to be cool. Uh-huh. I'm angry. And I just got to say, Stanley Tucci is one of my all-time favorite oh. actors. Oh, yes. So when I saw that he was going to be Caesar, right there and then, that was perfect casting. And I was <laughs> just like, yes, they, they nailed it on the head right there. Yes. He is such a versatile talent. Like He's I, amazing. And again, I haven't seen him in a ton, but enough to know he can do anything. He And I mentioned this in a couple episodes ago, but he he's so good, he can go from this child rapist serial killer to this flamboyant television host who also goes from flamboyant television host to dark like capital guy to ridiculously over the top ceo character in transformers which wasn't great but he's in it and he math and then to a a, an everyday father figure that's just a great dad in easy a like I loved him in that. I gotta say, Easy A is honestly one of my favorite movies. It's I so love good. It. I think it it was written so brilliantly. Christian hasn't seen it. I he haven't has seen it. it yet. Oh, Christian, you gotta watch Dude, it. It's so funny. Stanley, is it on so Netflix good. or anything? I don't. It might be that? on YouTube TV. Is it on Netflix or anything? I don't think it's on Netflix, but you. I mean, you can find it on iTunes. True. Yeah, buy it. True. It'll be worth. It's it. usually like five bucks on iTunes. So good. five, it's fifteen so bucks. Ah, I'll have he, to watch it now. Oh, I got movie, two people telling me. Those parents, Stanley Tucci's character specifically, 
is who I want to be as a father. Their parent goals. Do they really yeah, are? No, their parent goals. Like the scene, I again, we go off on sidebars, but just the scene <laughs> in the kitchen, just how he's hand and then how they handle, yeah, how they handle her getting in trouble. Just kind of oh, yep. okay, well we trust you, but the the when 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 their adopted son is just like oh uh, that was so funny. well I was adopted and he's just like what what who, who told, told you? you I love that scene yep. and then just how comfortable he is as a dad to go so where are you from originally <laughs> like yep. he's this little black <laughs> kid it's hilarious I love it anyway Stanley I know he's in the terminal I've never seen that one I so you got to see the terminal then. Tom Hanks and Stanley Tucci. You can't go wrong. Fine. And Steven Spielberg directed it. Fine. Good. And a John Williams score. Good. Everything comes together. Speaking of scores and who was good, I'm just going to transition right now into the end of the year awards. Okay. So, as I mentioned, I mean, you heard my sports corner. I'm a big sports guy, so I translated that into, you know, like the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, any sports league has the end of the year awards, like MVP and stuff. So I created some for the film franchises. And we're going to start right off this year award season with the Burden of the Year Award. And I think we all know <laughs> who this is going to go to. And it's a great honor mm. or dishonor. Ten guesses. Peta Malark is, is always <laughs> bringing the team down. Even when he's captured by the Capitol, he's still just a burden trying to kill everybody when well, he comes back. he causes back. Mags to die. He does. In the movie. And he's always falling. He's always hurt. He's useless for the most part. Sorry. But he's super <laughs> strong. And he's just, he's the burden of the year. Congratulations, PETA. The next award is a new one. I mean, that was a new one too, but this is another new one. The Douche of the Year Award. Now, this one I went back and forth. But in the end, I had to go with the true enemy. President Coin. Mm. She had an opportunity to change the whole layout of Pan Am and just make it better she had her chance and she chose power and to start the cycle of hunger games over again what a douche move so now we have one of the more prestigious awards the victor of victors lifetime achievement award and it's no surprise this person we all hold very dear in our heart rest in peace in the movie world Mm. and in real life mags she knew (laughs) she was had no chance of winning she was this old lady But she sacrificed not only for the team in the arena, but for Annie outside of the arena. And that is, that deserves recognition. The Clutch Performer of the Year Award. And this person had a lot of moments where she really stepped in when she had to and and really was a symbol for, for Pan Am. And she had some physical moments where she came up clutch and changed the whole trajectory of the games. Katniss Everdeen. I mean, from shooting the arena down to volunteering as tribute and just changing the whole layout of the games and bringing everybody together, uh, kinda. So, congratulations to her. Unintentionally. Unintentionally, yeah. The sixth man of the year award, and this goes to a person who, they're not a main character, but without them, the main characters would be nothing. They were the the spark off the bench you needed in, in a moment when they're there when you you could count on them, but you wouldn't rely on them heavily up front. But Hamish Abernathy, all right? He was my favorite character. He gave them the spile, or at least he helped get them. He was the schmoozer. He was their mentor throughout. He hyped her up for the propaganda videos. And he was an alcoholic, but he when he needed to be, he wasn't. 
and he, he came through in the clutch. The most improved, and this one's a no-brainer, I'm not even going to waste an introduction, Effie Trinket. Because she started off as just this, the Hunger Games are great, the tributes this is a great honor, to really having a heart and being the heart and soul of the District 12 of mini the team. team. Yeah. She brought them together with the gold stuff that had bigger meanings than what they originally thought, and she just really turned it around, and she grew on me. She grew on me a lot, and then her, her whole arc was just brought together perfectly when when they smooched and i love that moment the coach of the year award this one is for the crew member so not in universe like the crew member on the film and traditionally i've picked the composer but this time i i switched but this it time up. it's no different james newton howard no, no. <laughs> i i almost i almost went with him and then i almost had a co-winner but i had to go with the unconventional alan edward bell you probably don't recognize that name. He was the editor for these films. Mm. And specifically in Catching Fire, I just, I usually don't notice. Well, yes, I do. I notice if editing's good or bad. But I just felt like these films were edited so powerfully and just so mwah, that I had to give it to him. He was consistently good. The good one choice. consistently good thing. But runner up was JNH, James Newton Allen. Mm. So now the big award the all capital MVP award. And I could not decide between these two people. So instead of picking one, for the first time ever, we have co-winners. Cinna and Beatty as the MVPs, because without them, the whole thing would have fallen apart. Beatty used his brains. He had the whole thing. He, he was in on the whole thing the entire time, the revolution. He was the brains of the operation. He got the propaganda and mixed the signals so then they could get infiltrated and whatever and shut down the capital and the, and the mocking jays and then in catching fire obviously his brains helped destroy the arena and he's just he was cool under pressure he designed some weapons and mocking jay he was just man he didn't let a wheelchair get him down he was just his, his brain he just oh without him would have fallen apart and senna come on i mean he essentially sparked the revolution too because of just that the dress the mockingjay dress the wedding dress it was beautiful he gave katniss the confidence she needed to be the symbol and he was genuinely kind to her and as another mentor and i just think mm -hmm. it wouldn't have worked without him. And he his turned, encouragement he's the one who actually coined the mockingjay pin yes and made it part of her ensemble yep so i the, the co-MVPs, Cinna and Beatty. Thank you very much. This has been this has been the awards <laughs> for the year. Uh, just want to thank all the sponsors. And uh, I, you, I, I know I you I'm sent getting, the spile. Thank you for that. Uh, yeah, it's it's been it's been a ride. It's been a ride. But uh, th and, that's your and the soup and the ointment. And those are your all stars. Uh, I don't really have any. Oh, do you want to? <laughs> do you want to uh, talk about? Oh. Quite, okay, James, we have a Finn score for to decide which ones were our favorite mathematically, but I want to hear your ranking of the books first, how you would rank the books from least favorite to favorite, and then okay. the movies. Ooh, good question. Um, first, uh, I guess I'll go film-based first. Um, right. So film, Catching Fire. Um, Obviously. Ooh, 
I will. I, I think I would have to say the Hunger Games, and then Mockingjay Part Two, and then Part One. Um, that seems like book, logical. Book-wise, uh, Catching Fire, The Hunger Games, Mockingjay. Okay, okay, so similar okay. order. Yeah. All right, so they stuck true to, to quality there. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I appreciate... I appreciate Mockingjay, um, but I honestly, I just love the Hunger Games. Like, I love the arena aspect. Oh, I, yeah. I just love that part of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was, I think it's just so cool. That was exhilarating and fun. The gladita- gladiatorial aspect, Gl- kind of. Gl- sure. Gladiatorial, yes. I think. Yes. Well, and it fits in with the whole Roman influences, too. Uh, like, yeah. everyone's named after Roman, like, I didn't catch Coriolanus, that. is that correct in how I pronounced it? or Who? Coriolanus. Coriolanus, yeah. That? Present Snow. That's his first name? Yeah. Yep. Oh, I... Cinna is a Roman name. Caesar, I know. Caesar, yeah. And just the whole decadence of the capital and how it's in decline. Just like how the Rome fell. Rome. Yeah. The fall of the capital. Mm-hmm. Is the capital? It's just called the capital. It doesn't have another yep. name. Okay, cool. No, just the capital. Just and straight to the point. Panem goes across the continental United States and Mexico. Oh, and Florida's okay. underwater. Sorry, James. No. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> question. Question. I can swim. Oh, good. So you're good. He's you're actually you're swimming finish. right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, what was my question? Uh, Minus the abs. Right. Um, <laughs> the odds are in his favor. <laughs> uh, books, movies. I got a question. Oh, I I remembered it. Hold it. Okay. Hold it. What time period is this uh, universe set in? Because the technology is like super futuristic, but mm-hmm. the districts, some of them are in shambles. Does it touch on that at all? It doesn't give a specific time period, okay. but it's supposed to be like in the future because Pan Am, like Christian was saying, is like basically the result of basically what global warming will do. Um, with, you know, like like you said, Florida will be underwater. Um, Resources. So Pan Am is yeah. Pan Am is Canada, U.S., Mexico, that general area, whatever's left of you know. Are there other? That's what I was just gonna say. It's very interesting. We don't hear of any uh, other nations. They don't. They don't specify. So, so I think they just say that. Out. Yeah, I think they just say. I want. I want to say in the book they just say that we're all that's left of the human race. Oh, oh, wow. Okay, that's all right. That's, that's not how very... it's, it's depicted. Because <laughs> I, I imagine if there was others. When this whole thing was right. going on, other just like World War One and Two and other wars, other countries get involved. Other well, in a sense, shit. District Thirteen yeah. is another country. Yeah, they're more of a a nation state. There you go. Like the yeah. Vatican. Sure. Yeah. That. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I. They say that District Twelve was like the laughing stock of the rest of the districts in the capital. That makes so, sense. So. Were they even using District 12 for anything? Were they using... Yeah, they were using District 12 for the coal. Okay. 
Because I guess that's where they would have to get their energy yeah. without District 13. Yeah, nuclear. I mean, they used to they used it as energy, but also um, there's an entire district devoted to transportation. So, like, the trains that they run on and stuff, oh, I would assume they had to use coal and okay. basic stuff like that. Because I was only thinking of the dam, because they were running off uh, the city... The capital was running off power from the dam. Yeah, I thought, oh well, then they don't need to use coal. I, I think it's, I think it's like a combination of it. Okay. Like I'm pretty sure the coal kind of, you know, helped power other districts as well. Okay, so like districts eleven and whatnot. What I'm gathering, and this is my personal comparison, I'm putting pieces together. District twelve is essentially what a combination of Ohio and Gary, Indiana. No. <laughs> it's actually no. supposed to be like the West Virginia, Kentucky, oh. uh, Virginia kind of yeah, region. North South Carolina sort of thing. Oh. Yeah. I, kind of I going down the Appalachians. What's Michigan yeah. part of? We're District 1, baby. Uh, <laughs> I believe it was the textile. It's kind of, it's weird because I don't know if, I don't know if Lionsgate ever like, gave out an official map. I want to see one if they did. I'm, I've seen a few um, maps online. Because, I mean, I've seen stuff, but I don't think anything's been made official, so yeah. people move the districts, and it's kind of hard to tell where Michigan is. So, Right. How spread out is Pan Am, like all these districts? Like, in How how close They're proximity really large, are they? actually. Like, do they span well, across the, like the globe, or are they relatively close? I mean, I know they travel... By train. To like, well, them. like I said, like it's all it's all within like it's all within North America. Mm. Uh, so, okay. um, so like District Twelve is quite far from the capital because the capital is basically supposed to be in the Rockies, like in Colorado, basically. Mm-hmm. So, okay. you know, a train ride from I don't know West Virginia to Colorado. I don't know how many days that would be, but interesting. I, so it's a very nationalistic book there susan collins making it oh, all yeah. about america nope. and then the size of the districts are you know vary in size like D- district 12 is supposed to be the smallest district 2 is huge district 4 is supposed to be good big district, and district one, 11 i think is the biggest oh district, Wait, district 11 is, is the biggest the, district 11 is the southern district 11. 11 that's atlanta yeah, so where Georgia. Rue and everyone comes from mm-hmm. oh, okay interesting I'm getting a whole new There's perspective. There's a meaning. Oh, I have a map right here. But District 13 is like Maine. District 7 is up into Canada. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 8 is Alaska. Finnick, what district was he from? 4? Finnick was from District 4. That's the district of like fishing. California, right. so, Oregon. Oh, California. That ex- yeah, looks think, like, like a Californian. Di- yeah, maps, I think, say it's either, like, California or, like, the Texas coast. What would be left of the Texas coast around there? All right. Do they ever go into how... Oh, you said global warming. This is kind of what would happen. Okay, you did answer that. Never mind. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I, I would, I'm assuming that she's alluding to global warming because, you know, ocean levels have obviously risen. Um, but it's also hundreds of years of war. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's post post apocalyptic. I cannot say that word. Too. <laughs> You'll get it. Post apocalyptic. Dystopian. Um, there. Dystopian. Yeah. You know what's so essentially where we're headed. Anyway, Christian, what? What's interesting? 
is I saw this earlier today. It's interesting to bring up since we're talking about Pan Am and its geography and all that. The name Pan Am itself comes from the Latin expression Panem et Circensis, which is from the fandom wiki, all this info, which means, quote, bread and circuses, a political strategy to keep the people satisfied with the current leaders by distracting them with cheap food, bread, and entertainment cir- circuses. The two bases of Panem's control over the districts, the districts and the people within. Interesting. Interesting. Yep. I like how even the name has a significant meaning behind of it behind of it i can't behind talk tonight i'm the only one that can apparently <laughs> yeah anyway yeah. before we move on james did you have any other best moments that you wanted to speak about mm, i think i think i've covered everything that i wanted to okay all right i okay i have one more and you probably already said it sure but doesn't matter if it's good or bad what was like the biggest element Overall, whether you know story or just the single like biggest change that they made from the books to the movies, hmm. good or bad. I to think. Um, that's a really good question. I haven't even thought about that. Um, let me let me take a look at my notes real quick because I wrote a few mm-hmm. things down. Um, like I said, for the best, I think to see the other aspect of like snow's perspective oh sure um, that's right to see it from the capitals perspective i think that was very enlightening for moviegoers because otherwise we wouldn't have seen that Mm -hmm. we would have no idea what you know what was going on um and then worse changes um like i said i think i think it was just a little more i I think it was kind of sugar-coated i think they could have done a little more visceral um, grotesque stuff i think they could have gone into it a little a little more violence wise because you know war is not supposed to be i I mean you think of movies like saving private ryan it's not oh yeah it's a beautiful film but it shows the horrors of war and i felt like you know since they were aiming more at a a younger audience they were you know trying to steer clear of that and water it down oh yeah for the snowflakes am i right (laughs) <laughs> and that that goes to the whole thing about you can show people getting killed and well not so much applicable to this movie because we didn't see much of it, but I can see that. In this one, they kind of lean on the what is it? What's the word I'm looking for? The the, the grotesqueness of having children in an arena fighting each yep. other. Yeah, they probably didn't want versus, to push it. Versus having, like, showing children getting gutted or whatever. I mean, they kind of show that. They don't show it, but they Yeah, I mean, one it. thing I will say is, like, even Suzanne Collins, when she was writing it, the I, honestly, I feel like the worst thing that happened, death-wise, was honestly Rue's death. Mm-hmm. That was, like, the youngest person that you really got to know, and she mm. had, you know, she had a brutal death. Um, Who was that little redhead kid? A lot, a lot of the characters are a lot older. They're you know hanging around That's like sixteen, true. seventeen. Yeah, like um, Thresh and. So if this were to be yeah. remade, which, I mean, there's always a chance it will. Oh sure. You would like to see it a little darker, a little bit more brutal, a little bit more R-rated. It would be nice, but at the end of the day, I, I mean. 
it, it, the way they filmed it now, it works. Right. Okay. I think I'm just being I'm just being nitpicky. That would be the same point. thing as remake, like having Harry Potter remakes or heaven forbid lord of the rings remakes so here's the thing with remakes is i feel like when when a movie when a franchise is based on or a back book, to the future they don't generally remake those i mean they're not ever going to remake star wars probably no. maybe unless it's like 100 years no. from now they're not going to remake <laughs> harry potter although not unless you want to swarm love, of fans on your ass i would yeah I would love to see an HBO series of Harry Potter. Like each season was that, a year and a half. That would be kind of cool. That would. Oh, that would be so cool. Kind of like Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah. Like. And we already know like the that. ending that because Game of Th- <laughs> season eight goes right. down very similarly to Mockingjay Part Two. Just anticlimactic. Are you talking about well, Game of that, Thrones? Well, not that, but just Coin being a Daenerys figure. Thrones? What? Are you talking about Game of Thrones? Yeah. Oh, such a bad ending. Okay. Well, I know. There's <laughs> another box for you. <sighs> Fun fact: I watched season eight, or like minus one or two episodes of Game of Thrones, and I hadn't watched barely any of the other the rest of the show. You were so. so lost. You don't. <laughs> that's blast. Do you want to get into our fin score now, Christian? Before I blow up? Yeah. I was about to say, let's not even dive into that season. <laughs> it was a train wreck. Oh, there was oh, maybe if Game of Thrones. Well, maybe two we'll do a special. Where I was like, All right. do special uh, Game of to. Thrones where we go over every to. season. I don't want to. I don't want to. That's eight episodes. <laughs> I don't want to. That's too deep. That would be <laughs> a 27 hour episode each episode oh, for fine. each episode. We're not doing not every episode. Season. Okay, each so season. It, it would be each 48 season. hours. No, you just gotta per summarize. Hour. <laughs> you gotta it summarize. It would be 48 man. hours per hour. Summarize. I'm... Summarize. I'll summarize your face. <laughs> Sorry, I was about to say those are long. Those are long episodes. They are, they're and they're meaningful. Almost an hour. True, but okay. I don't. We're going down. All right, Spencer, Finn's, Act One. So no, <laughs> Finn score. Finn score. We're gonna move to the big, the big final important necessary okay. score. And for those of you that don't know, the criteria that we based it on. And I'll be honest, this is not an airtight system, but it's what we have. So deal with it. We have we rank on a scale of one to a hundred. Uh, each of these categories: it, emotional impact, storytelling, characters, visual style, and music. And then we add those up individually, do some division and adding up, and that's how we get our fin score. And let me just give you an update: the current, our current franchise rankings as it stands right now. We've gone through four. At number four, Austin Powers at seventy-seven. Number As three, it yep. Number three, and we're gonna have to rework this one. But Star Wars at eighty-five. Number two, because of Christian, Spider-Man, <laughs> Spider-Man <laughs> at eighty-six, and number one, and I don't see this being dethroned for a while. 
Toy Story with a 90. So those are our current standings. Let's just see where Hunger Games falls. So we're going to start right off. Actually, what we always do is give our mm, individual right. film rankings with a number. And I'm just going to go boom, 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 boom. And then you go boom, 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 boom. I'm going to do that too. <clears throat> okay, so bringing up the rear with a 73 overall score. Mockingjay Part 1. And then at number 4, Mockingjay Part 2 with a 76. And then Hunger Games, careful, Hunger Games, the first one, with a 79, very respectable. And then Catching Fire, obviously, with a 90. And that might even be too low, but that's where I have them. It's out of 100. You know what, Spencer? Shame on me, because I didn't do each movie by themselves, but I did each, like, category. Okay. But I'll just, I'll go off. uh, You just going to spitball? Yeah. Well, not spitball, but... Improvise. Off off the top of my head here. Okay, do it. Do it quick. (laughs) Okay, from the bottom, I'm going to have to say... uh, Mockingjay Part 1 with a 80. I like the themes in it. And you're you're looking at me again. His like I'm giving them too high. <laughs> I don't know if you've listened to other franchises. It's okay if you haven't. I encourage you to. But uh, Christian typically ranks on a much higher curve than I do. Okay. I'm too so generous. He's much too. He gave Spider Man 3 like a. What'd you give it? I a really don't high. An it was in the 80s, and it deserved well, okay. in the 60s. So just to give you a scale. <laughs> so anyway, okay, what did he put Spider-Man at though? The first one, I think it was like a 90. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, what about two? Oh wait, I got the thing he right here. Right Let me here. check. He, Spider-Man wrap up. Let's see. He's much too. He's too generous <laughs> for me. I try to be realistic somewhat. I that's gave Spider-Man fair. 2 a 99 out of 100. And that's fine. Because oh, it's wow. a perfect superhero movie. But it's not. Anyway, continue with your <laughs> Hunger Games. Oh, come on. you like Gordon Ramsay again. Come on, you donut. <laughs> you fucking donut. <laughs> Speaking of donuts, Christian, this brings me to our uh, tonight's uh, episode sponsor, Hunger Games Blackberry poison donuts. Everybody wants them. Nobody can have them, but a few people have. They survive. And that's why we have a pandemic going on right now because somebody ate the donut. These donuts are luscious. They're delicious. They come in cake. They come in yeast. And you can get them poison-free in the diet donuts. You can even get donut holes. And if you eat them, you might get the shits or you might just have to make an antidote so you can eat some more. In true capital form, Poison Donut Company is bringing you the best in bakery culinary arts and these are great for any party especially a party with your in-laws if you got your mother-in-law coming over you're not a real big fan of her guess what pop in one of the hunger game poison donuts i'll take care of her real quick or at least give her the say it with me the shits as the audience say now i'm not encouraging you to eat these as a snack i'm not even encouraging you to touch them because who knows it might be like chernobyl inside these donuts and just start to disintegrate your whole body all at once as soon as you touch them but what i will say is while you do last the flavor is outstanding i had one earlier i don't know how much longer i have tonight but while i'm here i will say it tastes similar to what i imagine moss mixed with shiitake mushrooms burnt in a kettle mixed with blueberries would taste like so this episode brought to you by hunger games point and donuts back to you christian 
That was not staged, James. No, and James again. <laughs> that was not. He. This is a thing he does. <laughs> I find an opportunity in every wrap-up episode <laughs> to make it. up a fake infomercial. You're so good at it, though. And it's all improvised in that one. I had no idea up until he said donut, and I ran with it. I don't know. That's great. <laughs> what? <laughs> what are the berries actually called? Nightlock. Right? I wish I'd remembered Nightlock. that. Because then there'd be the nightlock donuts. I don't know. It doesn't matter. I almost was going to say you should and we got them in pill form. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh, you should have. Okay. Anyway, you know what? I'll knock it down a, a peg. 79. Hey, be part true one. to yourself, but that makes much more sense. Of course, I haven't thought this through well enough, but these, this, these scores don't really count. But this is just the general area of what I rank them. Number three, J part two. Mm-hmm. With a 85. 85. Well, no. 80, 83. There. Mm-hmm. And then number two, Hunger Games. I'll give Hunger Games an 88. That's quite low for what I thought you were going to say. Hunger Games 88. Gets the ball rolling. Does it well enough. There's some other aspects. Sure, sure. And Catching Fire, I'm going to give a 90. 90. Oh, 90. <sighs> No, 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 wait, no. 92. Just to be different. I thought you were going to make it 99. You don't have to be different. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Those were fairly reasonable, James, as opposed to... I I don't know. I might revisit them. I think he gave Austin Powers gold member like a 102. I might have to add an addendum to that. Loki, I love gold members. Oh, me too. See? See? I'm not saying... I'm going... That's it. (laughs) I... Well... What's the... Why don't you get into... Let's all do right, it. Let's do emotional impact. Emotional impact. Emotional impact. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. You talk first, I talk first. <laughs> I'll, go, I'll go first. The emotional impact. I gave it an 88 because it does have so many moments where I'm just... I'm, a lot of emotions are going on. And they even mix in some humor every now and then that fits and some that doesn't. But just the implicate... I think... The reason I gave it such a high score, and I know Christians is going to skyrocket, but because watching it during today's world and what we're going through, it hit a lot harder than what it would have if we were hunky dory, you know, going smooth in the country. So it, I it 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 was almost too real at times. So the emotional impact was a little higher than what it would have been if I'd have watched this five or six years ago. So anyway, emotional impact. Emotional impact. The Christian for edition. me. Uh, Ninety. Ninety. Sounds cool. And we're I do pretty, that because you know we're pretty close. I kind of connect that to Katniss too because she's kind of a deadpan character, and I'll get into that a little bit more when we get to the characters segment. But other than that, the there's some really emotional heavy hitters in these films. Particularly, well, District 8's bombing in her pro, propo speech. Rue, Rue's death, that whole sequence with the music and her laying flowers and everything. Um, District 11 on the tour, when that person gets shot uh, point blank, execution style, right in front of her. Ah, yeah. And, you know, for the parts where Katniss is emotional, they're expertly acted, performed expertly performed 
Jennifer Lawrence does a fantastic job. I know I said that she had like a Han Soloization, like Harrison Ford and Mockingjay yeah. Part One, but then it. it ramps up in Part Two again. I really, really, really love that scene where she has the gun up against her neck. Oh that yeah, guy. that is a good one. She she hit a stride right there. Excellent performance. Yeah, that was good. And just their performances and what happens to these characters, it just brings home the impact of the capital and the oppression. It personalizes it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they do it through emotional beats like that and the cat, her yelling at the cat, that sort of thing. It and that's the emotional moments. weight of just the whole story of how the the weight of the oppression on these people cause them to react this way emotionally like that. Yeah, and speaking of story... Did we want to ask James for his emotional impact section oh, yeah, by sure. section? Yeah, sure. My emotional impact? Yeah. Yeah, out of 100. Oh, a two... Oh, a 200. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm biased. Um, That's okay. I, I, realistically, probably more like... I don't know. Uh, it's going to be high, but probably a 91. Okay. It's realistic. Um, when I was preparing for all this, I watched the entire movie, the, all the movies again. I cry for every single movie, mm. but it's like the weirdest parts. Um, so, like, for example, Catching Fire, the scene where, like, Peta's talking about the color orange. For oh. some reason, that particular scene gets me going. I don't know why. And I'm, I'm not, like, <laughs> it's right. just, you know, one, like, ugly tear, and that's it. But, um, and then okay. the scene, and then the scene, jumping to the scene in, like, Mockingjay Part 2, where Peter realizes where he's a mutt, and then Katniss kisses him, and that's kind of officially where she, like, fully understands, like, she loves PETA and stuff. Oh, I lose it. That's good. That's a good um, insight. I didn't think of that. But yeah. That is. That's a deep. I like that. I guess the word for me would be melancholy. A lot of yes. the films are melancholy. They are. Just very hep. Like what we talked about. There's no room for, for lightheartedness in a movie yeah. like Mockingjay. They're heavy hitters. They're the subject hitters. matter is me- very heavy. For me, I don't know, more so now it's more sentimental because I look back at it and I'm like, from literally from my elementary school days up until high school, I had Harry Potter. Harry yeah. Potter ended the year after I graduated. Mm. And then the year I started college is the year Hunger Games came out. And the year I graduated was the year Hunger Games finished. Mm. So that's basically oh, my man. entire life. They're like bookmarks. I had both of those things. Well, they so. are. And now... Now they have the the new one out or coming out or is it out? The prequel. It is out, yeah. Have you read the that prequel, one already? Oh yeah, I read the prequel. Is it good? Is it worth a read? I really liked it. Well No spoilers. I liked it. It's slow. I'll say it's slow. <sighs> um it picks up and then it slows back down and then it goes full speed and then it ends and it's it's good. So without spoiling, what's the main story with that one? So the main story uh, revolves around actually President Snow, but he's not the president at the time. He's actually in he's actually in like an academy, um, and he becomes a mentor. Uh, this is before the victors are be- become mentors. Uh, this is uh, I think the tenth Hunger Games. I don't remember off the top of my head, um, but he has um a tribute that he's responsible for and yeah okay that sounds i can't say much more than that because it it ultimately right. lays it out for you mm. but yeah 
I did read a little. So in, a, in an aspect, it's kind of from it's kind of like where Ham. It's kind of like almost Hamish's story, like Hamish's kind of view almost, because it's the view of a mentor versus mm. the view of a victor. Oh, but this was before Hamish, though. In all. Oh that. yeah, yeah. This, this is way. This before. is years yeah, before. This Hamish was before he was 50s. even president. Yeah, he was in. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, I might I might pick up the book someday. I want to start reading them from the prequel. Would you is that the right way to go or would you advise him to read Honestly, the other ones? honestly I don't think it matters um because the only two characters that you'll recognize in in that book will be Tigress and Snow and that's it. Everyone else oh. is new. Oh. I'm inter- I That's it. When the no, you had my curiosity. <laughs> now you got my. When when the the uh, Mockingjay Part Two episode comes out uh, in real time as we're sitting here tomorrow. Yeah, but you'll have to listen to it if you like. If you like, oh yeah, uh, Tigress. Mm-hmm. Oh, I yeah, <laughs> I actually met the actress and she was great. Awesome. You just met the whole. You just met everybody. Well, few most people. of them. Yeah, that's awesome. That is. Yeah. That is super cool. We're gonna add a for new real thing. Though. We're gonna add a new uh, score on here. Man. The jealousy meter. I would have loved to go to a <laughs> premiere like that. That would have been cool. That would have been cool. Especially I Star spent, Wars. I spent a penny a pretty penny to go out there though, so don't be too jealous. Okay. The, I the won't. closest <laughs> I've gotten to that is uh, Star Wars Celebration Chicago, where I got to take a photo op with uh, Hayden Christensen and, oh, yeah, and you Ian McDermott. Yeah, <laughs> walked right past him. No, I, I walked right past Hayden and shook oh, the yeah. emperor's yeah, hand and right. turned around. Oh, and I was right. gonna was say, like, oh, you passed the yeah. emperor. What's wrong with you? My I bad. felt so bad. I just walked past Anakin and shook the emperor's hand and turned around and said, "Nice to meet you." As you should. And I was just so <laughs> nervous, though. That's a really good story, Christian. I don't mean that sarcastic. I'm not. No, but I'm not gonna get into stories, that. Storytelling. You go. Me go. Okay. Me go. Mortensen. Okay, just kidding. Storytelling, <laughs> I give it a 90. I give it a 90, but it probably should be lower because it's the 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 pacing of the films from Hunger Games to Catching Fire, we have momentum, right? I describe it as a little bit of a roller coaster. Hunger Games is going up. I guess Catching Fire is when you're right at the top of the crest of the hill. And then Mockingjay just kind of dives, just kind of slowly goes down. Because like what Spencer was saying, you kind of expect it to ramp up. Yeah, but it starts so down. She's in an institute. It it did not go where I thought it was going to go. out of whack and inconsistent a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. And it gets into that more information warfare media manipulation sort of idea rather than just like guns and ammo and Mm -hmm. on the battlefield sort of thing. And I'm a sucker for action, but uh, and, that's all right. But I just love the themes, like the themes that these movies teach people. Authoritarianism, the danger in that, and also the danger of extreme Soviet socialism in in what's going on in District 13. It shows the extremes of both. Mm-hmm. And you could even say, well, I made the joke before, the capital is capitalism. But in yeah. some twisted communist sort of view, where the the capital rich people exploit the districts and the poor people to the point of revolution, which is kind of what we're seeing today. 
kind of. I mean, we're we saw it with we we're seeing it with the uh, progressive dem, uh, democratic socialism movement that's gaining traction in in the states. We see it with the Black Lives Matter movement, where people are fed up with these killings, these unnecessary killings, yeah. and it's coming to a breaking point. And these movies are great cinematic uh, ways to look at it through that lens. You know. I would agree. I did not give it that high of a score, but only because Mockingjay Part 1 and 2 is half of the franchise, so they weighted it down just a little, but yep. I gave it a 76. And okay. I know Christian thinks that's super low, but it's no, still it, like the, I said, I probably should have lowered mine a little bit. But. but yeah, 76, for all the reasons, I won't go too much into it, but like I said, the first two are just consistently high energy here we go we're going and then it's really slow and let's get to this and then we got to do that oh let's make it into two parts so well and, brought it down and just the genius of how it unfolds like oh you know what katniss is this new mockingjay symbol you know what we're going to screw her over we're going to put her back in the games show her what's for and punish the districts yeah. that way yeah try and put this rebellion down mm-hmm. and then plutarch being the mastermind behind the quarter quell and what happens during the quarter quell is working to push her forward as yeah. a character the storytelling of what happens with Peta, like as a character development and here we go into character again yeah we'll transition he, right into yeah that he talks yeah we're going right into that let's just go in okay yeah character. or wait no we keep no, forgetting uh, james oh yeah. Yo, yeah sorry we're not used to having guests <laughs> you're good all right, what so storytelling yeah, overall? What would you give us? Overall storytelling? Yeah. Um, because of how faithful it is to the books, I will say an 84. That sounds pretty See, appropriate. He has a different yep. perspective, so mm-hmm. that we won't question that. Well, I'm not going to question any of them, but... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Except <laughs> mine. Valid. Well, yeah, because you... You can question them. I'm open to debate. It's fine. Well, no, I can't because you know the books, so with that one, I can't. Um, that's that's definitely a plus yeah. I didn't think about, yeah. now that I know how So he's coming in with two is. perspectives. We're coming in with one. So... Yeah. Characters. Characters. This one's my highest because I love all the characters. I do not like how certain characters acted in... Uh, Mockingjay, <clears throat> like Plutarch. I, I feel like I loved him in Catching Fire. He was great and just really, like, just, uh. And then he got, got a little goofy for me in Mockingjay 1 and 2. But I I don't know. I'm not going to hold that too far against him. I still really love the character. Hamish is one of my favorite film characters. I, I just thought he was great. And so for characters... I, oh, and, you know, strong female character. We get a couple of those. I love mm-hmm. those. Mm-hmm. And the side characters, all of them are good. Like, I, they're consistently good. So I gave characters a 92. That's really good. Mm-hmm. That's up there. That's up there for me. You're going to be surprised by mine. Oh, I guarantee 85. It. I'm not that surprised. That's fine. 85. And like you... There's inconsistency in the characters between Catching Fire and Mockingjay, I feel. Like with Finnick, like he feels like a different oh, yeah. character. And that might, that has to do with 
Annie being kidnapped by the capital. It's mentally distressing. I get that. And Plutarch. Plutarch. <laughs> Plutarch. Starch? No. Plutarch. It, he does come off. It, it, it is slightly different, the, the demeanor. But that could be explained by him being, you know, playing capital in front of Snow. Versus being his, how he actually wants to be in District 13. But it, it is slightly goofy, I get that. And another slight against characters is just the, the characters introduced in Mockingjay. I don't really care about them. Uh, no, I yeah, don't care about them. There's a lot of them. And them. they're like heavy in those films. Yeah. We're supposed to care about them and we don't. Right, like even Pollux and his yeah. brother, like... They don't establish that develop. They don't establish that relationship. They try to do a last ditch effort. In- I'm gonna be honest. I didn't know there that he had a brother. Well, until I, I must have zoned died. out too because I didn't know either until part two when they say that they're brothers and he yeah. explains like, well, he was down here for five years that he never saw sunlight and I was like, well, that's kind of it. Fi- it feels like a last ditch hail mary effort to humanize these characters in the yeah. second film. And I'm sure they did it better in the books because you can do more right. in depth in the books. But yeah. Mm-hmm. So characters, James. Um, tying into the book, the characters are very faithful. So I'll probably say uh, a 95. Mm, okay. Um, Solid mm-hmm. characters. Um, the one thing I was going to comment regarding your guys' thing was... There are so many new characters brought into Mockingjay. The book does such a better job kind of introducing them. Um, They're kind of just thrust into the film. So, like, you know, Caster and, like, Commander Paler and uh, Masala and Boggs and Cressida and all those people. Um, And the book, I mean, it touches kind of, like, on Joanna and um, um, Effie and stuff like that. Like, in the book... Effie wasn't even didn't even show up until the very end. Right, I read uh, that in the, the film. Trivia, yeah, yeah, in the film she was there at the very beginning of you know part one. So I think they they were trying to do a balancing act, like you know at the focus of it, it's really it really comes down to Katniss. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Peta and Gale. That's what Mockingjay is supposed to be focused around. It's and everyone else is kind of just like a secondary character at that point. Okay. Um, okay. Those are my thoughts. Good thoughts. The thing, also, all the main characters I love their person. Like in Catching Fire, they have personality. Like Phoenix, kind of like this. How do you, do you even describe him? Arrogant, not well. Confident confident but also is a good guy that you can root for he has he has almost depth. like a handsome like sweep you off your feet sort of guy he has some depth. kind of yeah like a like a knight sort of quality wyrus yeah, has, has personality and he her has quirkiness a noble, a noble quality to him a noble arrogance right that's what that's the word yeah and beady He's cool. He's got personality, and his lack of personality and the way he emotes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I just kind love of how robot. straightforward. I he like is. that. Yeah, I like that. Because that makes sense. He's the brains, and mm-hmm. he's just sticks to this is what I. And he's got dry sense of humor. Like ah, yeah, right. let's not fire those down here. And that's like the stereotype for like nerds or smart people like that. 
like they're just they're not about jokes and being ha look at I'm su- let's just I'm not gonna waste words with you because hmm. I'm I my time and my intelligence is too valuable so I'm only going to say what has to be said and when I do talk it's gonna be like a TED talk yeah. worth hearing hey Mitch has a lot of personality <laughs> he's comic relief which these films really need to balance out the heavy but then thematic he can material also turn it on to be serious right that's true like when his little pep talks in Plutarch's letter Effie she's a She's got personality and her eccentricity in the She films. does. She has more layers than what she originally yeah, yeah. was presented with. But, I, just, uh, I, I really like those aspects in the characters we see in Catching Fire add a lot. Like Joanna and her attitude. Love it. They add a lot yes, they to do. the supporting cast. Yeah, especially in Catching Fire. Mm-hmm. So, visual style. Visual style. I gave this one... Or, okay, we're alternating, I guess. Mm-hmm. 77. I gave it a 77, and I know it's motivated, but uh, Hunger Games 1, it's very natural, and I, I can actually appreciate that now that I think of it. It's very natural, whereas uh, it looks very blue-tinted, because they're outside almost all the time. Mm-hmm. You get that natural blue sunlight kind of look. Yeah. Yeah. In the white balance. And I love but, with the first one how right. the contrast between District 12 and then all of a sudden, bam, just right. throw color yeah. right in your face with the capitals. Or with and the even capital. More, even more so. Well, yeah, with the, on stage with Caesar, like the yeah. orange and purple and so pink and vibrant their and hair and their makeup and all it's that. It's like in Wizard of Oz They're where they decadence. go from black and white yeah. to Oz and it's color. Mm, it's such good. a boom. And it, it, it visually lets you know, hey, good things connection. are way different here. Good connection. I really like how it goes warmer as the movies go on. Yes. Though. Yeah, I gave it, it's pretty high just because I took into account the first one had a lot of shaky cam, which I love, but it almost was a little too shaky. And then the second one, they used it just enough and not yeah. as intensely. And I like the progression of that. And, and just the color... What they did with color, like one of the my, the most beautiful shots in it that I that stands out is when Effie is in District 12 and she's standing up on the stage and you get a wide shot of this bright pink character of a person against this dull gray blue background and the contrast in her personality. She's pumped to be there and happy and excited. The Hunger Games are great. Spencer, what? I'm wrong. What are you wrong about? I'm ad- amending my number. Oh, how dare you? To an 85. <laughs> because you make how very good you. points. And now that I'm talking about my own points, about the, the use of color temperatures in that way. What can I say except... 85. That's fair. I, ju- I, I just... I didn't um, give my score yet. You did. They're pretty close. I said 83. I, think, I don't think oh, I did. Wait, I'm sorry. But I gave it an 83, so okay. we're quite close. Okay. An 83. My bad. Because there is still... You know, it's not... I mm-hmm. can't justify putting it in the 90s. I, but I Okay. Yeah. No 85 more. is a good. Yes. Now, I'm not changing it, but the makeup, and you know. Oh, yeah. This is what I'm talking about. The whole about. costuming and everything. The costuming and the makeup is good. Good. But, again, Katniss. In the first movie, uh, yeah. she looks. I know where you're going. She looks great. She looks like. How old is Katniss in the book, James? Uh, she's 16 when she okay. when she's reaped. She's 16. Now, okay. 
she looks 16 in the first Hunger Games film. But as you get into um, Mockingjay, I feel like it's uh, there's almost too much makeup. And her hair looks too nice. Yeah, part of that is they're making her up for the propaganda videos. That's true. But That's also, true. when they're not doing that, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I'm going to throw this in, and this is my theory on that, too. Mm-hmm. Because Jennifer Lawrence actually cut off most of her hair after oh. Catching Fire because oh, yeah. the damage um, of bleaching and dyeing it yeah. okay. totally destroyed it. So part of me almost thinks it's the wig. And you can kind of tell when you're looking at uh, Mockingjay that her hair is kind of off. And I, I, I think it's I think it's the wig. Okay. I think, yep. Yeah. That makes sense. You made a comment. Because I, I, I have similar thoughts. I did. You made a you made a comment that you said she th- you thought she was wearing a wig. Oh yeah, in a couple I, episodes I knew, ago. I knew that she was because of the hair. But even yep. I feel like she loses that youthful look in her face too. Well, then she's older than sixteen in real life, so, yeah, so I get that. To, but I wish they would have made her up better or more to look younger or consistent with the Hunger Games, her appearance in Hunger Games. Yeah. James, what are your, oh, yeah. sorry. No, go ahead. No, I'm I'm, oh. I'm going to finish through that. Yeah. All right, what are your thoughts, James, on this style? You, I think you guys will be honestly shocked by this, but I have to give it an 80. Mm. That is a little um, lower than what I okay. thought. Yeah, and my reasoning behind that is solely because of the first film, the shaky cam. Oh, boy. Uh, I, fan? Over artistically, like as a filmmaker... Sorry, my Siri is just keep going off. Hush. <laughs> Siri, um, stop. <laughs> stop. Stop, Siri. Okay. Sorry. Um, <laughs> going back on it, um, the shaky cam, I can appreciate it artistically um, because I think, I think Christian was saying this before, but it gives it, um, it builds up anxiety. Like, it's just you i mean it's the first games and no one knows exactly what's going to happen unless you're in the book um and so i can appreciate for that but as a viewer who just wants to appreciate what what they're watching i can't get past it because it's like i don't know if like if you're on a laptop and someone's just you know like trying to bump it and you're trying to like see what's on your computer mm. it's just like what on earth is happening oh, um good, and for that very reasoning analogy. Yeah, for that very reasoning, um, meh. But like you guys said, I think the color gradient was really well done in the first one. It's a lot more cooler tones. It's like a lot more blues and greens. And then Catching Fire is very more vibrant. It's more yellows and reds, mm-hmm. um, which I which I like. Overall, I think it was really well done. Um, something I also really like is how in Catching Fire... Um, I don't know if you guys were able to see this, but at least when I saw it in IMAX, when Katniss comes up from the tube immediately after Senna's getting beaten, the screen actually, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It actually increases in size. So it goes from basically widescreen to full screen. And they do uh, that. I didn't notice that. I just noticed that it was blinding for a second. Yeah, I don't know if... 
I don't know if like in the DVDs they mm. were able to do the same thing, um, but I have a version of the DVD that actually does that, oh. and it's actually really cool to see because it goes from basically cinema scope to full. That's um, awesome. So that was really cool, and then you know when when the games are over, it goes back. Um, That's but it's awesome. basically it gives you the viewpoint like as if you were coming up from, if as if you were coming up from the tube, mm-hmm. um, which was really cool. I remember reading that like most of the arena stuff was IMAX, or all of it, and to have that visually transformed like That's that nice is detail. awesome. That's I a like real that. nice detail. I'm also not. It's not lost on me in these films the concrete everywhere concrete 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 like district 13 the rubble of district 12 even the hall yeah. of justice Back in district the hall 12. of justice <laughs> <laughs> but it kind of makes me think of in just the costuming the costume design we talked about a little bit with district 13 the socialism the soviet kind of inspired look is not lost on me I yeah. think that was part of the concept too. Yeah. Yep, concepts are good. I, yeah. I don't know how okay. to I don't know how to segue. <laughs> good segue. Okay. I don't know how to segue into music, the final category. Music. But it's your turn to go first. It's my turn. It's your turn. I gave music an 88. We're pretty close 88, on that one. 88. It has so there's so many good songs like pop songs too. Not just the score, the and I'll get into songs. the score in a second, which is really good. But what did the first movie have? Abraham's Daughter. I had to remind myself of the name of that. And I'm, if I heard it, I would say, oh, that's really, that's neat. I can't quite put my finger on it right now. But um, Atlas. I love Atlas. That's a great song. Is that, which one's that? Uh, Catching Fire. Okay. That plays right after the Mockingjay insignia Opens you know what? Like wasn't that fire? Wasn't that Coldplay? Yes, it yeah. was. And it's so weird how it shouldn't work that well because you just have this really intense moment. You're expecting like you're coming off a high, yeah. And then it's this like kind of calm but intense sound. It's a classic Coldplay sound, but it works. Like it just works. It, it has the, that mood. It does. It sets the mood. I think all their songs, their credit Hanging, songs, work. Yeah, except they're. You mentioned to me before we recorded the Mockingjay part one. You're like, I did, I kind of stopped watching after the credits of this one because I didn't really care for it. The Lord song, Yellow Flicker Beat. That was I don't. That's okay, the name I'll of the have to song. To it because I wasn't paying It's not to bad. It. It's still good. I believe it's you. good. I don't think it's as good as Atlas, but it fits the tone. Is Atlas? That's the second one. That's the what second one. Said. Coldplay. What's the first one called? Yep. Abraham's daughter. I think that is Arcade Fire. Is that right, James? Yes. That the one. Horn of the Plenty. Major, the major song of that film, though, was actually Safe and Sound by Taylor Swift. Okay. Yeah. That was like... I think I knew that. I need that to was listen like, to that. That was like in all the trailers and stuff. But yeah, Abraham's Daughter was my favorite out of all of those. Personally, I'm not a huge fan of Taylor Swift. Um I think she did a good job, but I prefer Abraham's Daughter over Safe and Sound. Okay, I haven't yeah, even heard Safe Hunger and Sound. Games, that first Hunger Games credits song was it just, it set the because you're, you're getting it coming off, Snow getting pissed off and walking up the stairs mm-hmm. and that just ends and it's and it's, it, yep. it, it mixes that the Grungy. Mockingjay 
sound, you know, the boot and it, it works that in. You can't ever remember the horn of plenty. Well, I'm not talking about that one. I'm talking about the boot <laughs> and it does that. It's like in a different way, and I love how right. they incorporate it. How's it go again, Spencer? I can't, I can't ever remember it. How's it go? Um, <laughs> <laughs> don't tell me. I got it. It's, uh... <laughs> Oh, like when somebody dies, they put them in the sky, and it goes, it it's oh, what happened? Okay, I'm back. Okay, good. Anyway, it now, goes, now answer the question. It, it goes, it's like, <laughs> I I can't no. forget. I can never start it, but once you start it, I can finish it. You know who wrote the song? What song are we talking about? Horn of Plenty. That oh, arcade fire wrote. Yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah. It, Oh yeah, that! I love that. Yeah, see, once it starts, I I get it. It's it's such a great anthem. It is awesome. I love that, and I can never start it. That brings us into that doesn't bring us into anything. I haven't given you my music. No, I'm not. I'm not moving on yet. I'm just talking about music. Okay. Hanging tree is amazing. I love how that builds up. I just listened to it on the way over here. Actually, the choral, the chorus, the choir. Yeah. That's cool. Almost like a chant. Under the willow is great. Is that the one? Very moving. When I when I, that's the one that plays at the end of part two. And I I failed to mention in the last episode, uh, but that's a ring theory. And that's why I think you pointed out you definitely didn't miss this for the willow under yeah, the she willow. She sings that to Prim. Prim, right? Whose actress's name is Willow. Kind of interesting. Interesting but, indeed, Christian. But we, the score is good. The reason I gave it an 88 for music is that while the score has amazing standout points, like uh, I think it's Air Air Raid Drill from Mockingjay Part One. That's good. Rue's Farewell, I have that downloaded. I downloaded that after I saw the movie back in 2012. That's the main kind of theme you hear over and over. Right. Um, the Horn of Plenty, that's great, but that was written by Arcade Fire. And James Newton Howard did an orchestration of it, I believe. But, JNH, man. He's got a resume. Um, they got a theme that plays when Katniss is doing her propo. propo I always get that word wrong. Propo in District 8 that builds up. Yeah, you're right. I gave it an 88 because some of the themes are just a little repetitive. Like it gets that. a. They're original, but they play, they choose to play the same themes over and over again. Like they play the air raid drill kind of motif during the attack on the gate. The rebel attack. It's okay, called rebels yeah. attack. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing, but kind of a different riff. It's just a little, a little. Themes keep being a little overused. Sure. Are you making noises? Are you setting yeah. stuff? I'm trying to. My phone is going to die, so I have to plug it in. You're gonna die if you don't fix that. Wowzers. <laughs> Not recognize. That's fine. Okay. So my music score, and I've said everything I need to say about the music, so I'm just going to give you the score. I gave it a 90. Okay. It's It was consistently I good. I dig that. JNH is, uh, gave him the benefit of the doubt with that score because he's great. He's, he's, like I said, has a very unique resume. I noticed the more... I'm sorry, did I interrupt you, Spencer? Mm-mm. I noticed the more Hollywoodization of the score as we move into Catching Fire. Because in... Uh, 
Hunger Games, the Hunger Games, the film, the first one, you hear more of like that rural kind of fiddle, uh, podunk country sound somewhat, mm. given the, the District 12 and the state of the district and where she's from. Like when she's alone in the arena in the wooded uh, oh, yeah, setting. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You get a little bit of the lone, the, the solo female singer with the that theme. You hear that again. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That kind of motif, that and same thing. I like singing. that. Yeah. I do like that. I do like that coming back. I like that. I like that coming back. You're coming back. But yeah, James, what what do you have to say about the music? Uh, I agree with both of you. Um, I I uh, I think Spencer hit it on the nose. Um, Boom. I would give it a 90. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the motifs throughout, um, like the Horn of Plenty and the Ruse theme. Um, like, the scenes without... Like, if... The music that didn't play during Roos scenes, um, it just wouldn't have been the same. I don't think it would have like oh. pulled us in, and like it wouldn't have been such a gut punch. Completely agree. Um, and I was actually watching another film called, I believe it's a documentary film called Score. Um, I don't know if you guys have watched it. I, I need to watch not. it. Yeah, Heard it's really it. good. Um, but it's it goes through like basically the importance of film score and. Um, I, when I think back at it, the thing that I remember most about the Hunger Games, honestly, is the music. Like, um, even just the whistle. Like, mm-hmm. um, I mean, very simple, very there. iconic. Um, but the hanging tree, um, it it actually goes through. Uh, I I don't remember where it starts. I don't remember if it's Catching Fire or Mockingjay, but it's literally written into the book. Um, and then it actually reappears in the Ballad of Snakes and Songbirds, oh. which is the prequel. Um, so it's really interesting to see how that is also going to be connected. Oh, okay. um, but yeah, the Horn of no. Plenty is probably my favorite, though. It's just so like Olympic. Yes. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's just, what I was associated with. I just love it. Yeah, it's And then awesome. um, I have to give a shout-out to uh, the song We Remain by Christina Aguilera. It plays, I think it's at the very end of the credits of Catching Fire. Um, I think that's one of the underlying, like, best songs mm. that came out of the series. I need to listen to that. See, I, yeah, you should. I know what's on. My sister had the soundtrack for the longest time. She had it in her car so long that the case got sun-bleached. Nice. <laughs> and she has the CD, but I never listened to it unless I was riding in the car with her. But I have, I, I have, I've been thinking I need to get these soundtracks because I really do enjoy the yeah, score. Yeah, you're big on that. You should. Like Air Raid Drill is one of my favorites, and it has that Titanic sense of scale. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look that one up when we're done. It sounds like almost like James Horner esque, and I'm, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna, I'm ashamed of myself for not watching score yet. Because uh, I'm huge into that, like John yeah. Williams. I was going to say, you're into sound. It's great. You should. I, I know. It was even free on iTunes, and I, oh, I didn't balls, get it. bro. Let me double check. I'm pretty sure it's called Score. I'm like 99% yeah. sure. Yep, it's called uh, Score. I, I think they also have a podcast. Too. Yeah, Score, a film music documentary. Man, I got to oh, watch that. Oh, I have to that. check that out. So. Don't fall asleep on us. I'm not. It's late. <laughs> My personal to add yours up real quick 
So and then divide it by five. My personal thin score based on those elements, and this one's gonna go toward the the final score, is an eighty-six. So once Christian gets his, we're gonna add them and divide by two. And yes, that doesn't make a lot of sense to have a score based on emotional stuff be finalized with math. Divide by five. But that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> so what'd you get? 87.6. Okay, so do you... Do you want to round up? I don't know if I do, because I might put it too high. Okay, round it up. 88. So, okay, so now do... And I change visual style to 85. All right, I want to so. do calculator. So yours was 88? Yes. All right, so 88 plus 86. Okay, so let's see where that ranks. We got the final important necessary score is Hunger Games in 87. Dude, <laughs> I knew this was going to happen. I knew this was going to happen. I knew it. Just wait till you hear the final rankings. <laughs> um... <laughs> This doesn't make any sense. I mean, they're good, but oh, okay. well, think of the context. I guess of the we're times not. We're too. in an emotional state. Of okay, so the new rankings are number five: Austin Powers, seventy-seven. Still good. Star Wars, second to last. Somehow that can't at four, be. We got to reevaluate. With eighty-five, Spider-Man at three with an eighty-six. And a new number two, Hunger Games at 87. And number one, Toy Story still. So those are the new rankings for right now. And those are not final. We're going to do this until podcasts aren't cool anymore. So Well, we do that. eventually have to revisit that Star Wars with our new way of doing this. Maybe we'll doing do a little. This. Can't yeah. talk. We'll do, a little, we'll do a little thing someday. But, someday, uh, no. Someday, I know, I know. I'm kidding. <laughs> so anyway, I don't know any final thoughts from either of you. I don't. I mean, this was a fun. This was a fun. Well, I, it wasn't fun? fun. It wasn't fun. This was a an interesting perspective. The, it's the second time around for me because most of these I had only seen once before, with the exception of Catching Fire, which I've watched. I've seen times. the first two, and I hadn't seen Mockingjay. Yeah, one or two, and watching it in this time. Of this, this social unrest, day, yeah, it hit harder, and it, it 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 was more of a gut punch. And there's a lot of parallels that are a little scary, but overall, I mean, it's a good, solid. It's solid. Obviously, it's our number two based on math. So, hey, I don't think Spencer agrees with that. Oh, I don't. Star, <laughs> the math lies. <laughs> it does. We we're yeah, but we'll 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 tweet statistically. That. By yeah. our system, we give too high but of score. Like eighty-seven. Do you want me to, to start giving a lower numbers? Yes, more realistic. <laughs> I don't know. Fine, whatever. Do you? I don't care.
Oh, oh I, Christian. Sorry. I like, like you said, I really, it touches on the moment in this country right now. And yeah, I really appreciate that. I really do think that people should watch this and learn from it. Yes. Learn from what's happening in the movie. It's a, like exaggerated in the films. You can I learn mean, we're not at fiction. that point. You but the, th the thematic material of it is entirely relevant. And people need... I wouldn't be opposed... Like, when I was in school, when I was in high school, I was in a film is lit class where we would study each film from, like, a literature standpoint. Not every movie we watched was just the screenwriting, the thematic material, whatever. Mm -hmm. Not every movie we watched was based on a novel. But I would have them watch these movies in that film if I were in charge of that class. And I would... Yes. Even yes. in college, in a college course. Or it's in relevant. political science. It's relevant. It's relevant. You can and learn from Fick. Stu study them. Study them. Yeah. yeah, James, any final... Any final... Thoughts that any final important necessary any, thoughts? <laughs> yeah, anything I mean, they're else? not necessary. Obviously, this series just means a lot to me and to so many others, and it was great um, talking to you guys about it and my love for it. I mean, I could go on for like five days about this subject. Sure. So, yeah. um, no. It was great yeah, having I mean, you on board. Yeah, yeah no, no. Thank you for having as me. As soon as we did Hunger Games, I was like, well, we got to have James on. Because I that makes me happy from from when like the stuff that you posted when it when they were first coming out and just stuff you've posted I was like yeah well that makes sense who should we have as a guest right there boom like before we even our first episode I was like Christian let's do Hunger Games and I got a guest for us and it was like yeah let's mm -hmm. get him I mean so, they call me Hunger James for a reason <laughs> <laughs> that make I like that that's awesome <laughs> Hunger James yeah, that's perfect yeah yeah. Well, well, James. Next time you're up in Michigan, hit us up. Well, yeah. we might not be able to go anywhere because COVID. Don't but. say that. <laughs> Why? That's the truth. I know, but don't. Just be optimistic. Hey, at optimistic. this rate, I might be up there sooner, <laughs> sooner rather than later. It's safer Benzine. up here. Not gonna. <laughs> I mean, it's safer up here. There's Florida is just all kinds of crazy, and then who knows with. Mm, I, I don't know how long I'll have a job. We'll see. Right, because mm. oh, before we go, how you're still at Walt Disney Company, right? Yeah, I work for Disney World. What do you do? Okay. Can you tell us what you do? Yeah, so I assist the characters. So I'm like best friends with Mickey Mouse and like Belle and okay. stuff like that. Nice. Yeah, it's a lot that's of fun. Awesome. That that sounds that like a is lot pretty of fun. cool. Breaker of dreams, maker of <laughs> dreams. Yeah, or so you're the you're the person that. It's like, all right, guys, he's got a, we got another meet to go to, so we're gonna have to wrap basically, this up. Basically, basically, uh, I'm the big mean man who tells your children they can't see Mickey Mouse. Oh, ah, James. Because they come, because they come, you know, like twenty minutes after close. So. Oh man. Oh, okay. Well, then that's. Well, sucks for them, right? Yeah, they should <laughs> know the little, little bastards. I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> you would think, but you know, today. People are entitled, but you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. I want to speak I mean, I to the manager. Sometimes. I am the manager. You know what? <laughs> We're for the sake of argument, I'm the manager. What do you want? <laughs> I used to but, be at one oh. point. Those were the days. Ah, uh, weren't they though? You were I down there when were. Leah and Sam were down there, right? What was that? Were you down there when Leah and Sam were down there? No, were... Leah. 
Leah did a, the program before Sam. Sam okay. came down here, and then I followed Sam after she was done. Okay. Um, so have you done any film stuff since being down there? Anything? <laughs> I wish, but no. Because uh, I, I moved down here. I did the I did the Disney College program right after college. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was six months after college. Um, but I just wanted to... Honestly, there was a lot going on back home, and I just needed to get out of Michigan. So, <laughs> my, Jenna... Um, he, I'm sure you guys remember Jenna. Jenna Tucker? Um, yeah, Jenna Tucker actually encouraged me to move down here because she had done the program um and she said you should go for it and i applied and i got it and i haven't i haven't gone back since and um i don't have a lot of film friends down here which makes it harder to do obviously and i'm just i mean when i was working i was busy as is so um i hope to get back into it sometime i'm like I've got some script ideas, and I'm like I said, I'm more on the producing side, so uh-huh. I'm kind of looking for things to do. Um, one of my friends is writing a script right now, and she would like me to produce it, but I haven't even read it, so we'll see. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I've been wanting to bust my writing chops for yeah, some time, but I need to motivate too. myself. Well, now's the perfect time. And get more yeah. into the boom hopping. Mm-hmm. Like, well, kind of hard to do these days, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but but <laughs> writing you can do. I did a couple of video editing, audio, mostly video editing stuff for a couple of freelance jobs, but yeah, and a stagehand work here, here and here there. And there but yeah. yeah, it's yeah. kind of been thrown out the window now. Well, someday we're all gonna hit our stride, and our name will be up in the lights. Maybe I don't know. Oh yeah, maybe One someday. Day. You know, James, time. Wow! Instead of going to a premiere you're gonna be part of it uh, i mean that would be nice yeah um, that's the idea yeah i mean the dream is honestly to work for the disney company for the animations or not not so much oh, the animation yes. studio but just disney pictures absolutely That'd be so much fun mm-hmm. who knows maybe all films going forward will be animated since you know we can't i mean at this point person. there's yeah i mean at this point it might the mcu in animation, there we go. that's our next phase. Is the animation? I phase. mean, they already did Spider-Man, so yeah, true. Yeah, that's true. And, well, I did read an article that some countries are loosening up and they're able to like shoot stuff, and but they're not letting the U.S. in, obviously, because why we're would being you at this irresponsible. Point? What? But <clears throat> they are allowing uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier to resume okay. filming. It's like they're th- they're allowing I I some rules that- there. Yeah, I thought I heard that they were um, starting up production again with Jurassic World. Ooh! Oh, that's so, right. I just yeah, want I heard movies. the cast. Yeah, I heard the cast has to um, they have to quarantine for fourteen days before they can get shipped off to wherever they gotta go. Okay. That when, might be the new direction. Is just out? find a country that'll let a film crew and its talent in well, and shoot in another country. They're probably shooting in Hawaii. Oh yeah. That's where they shot Jurassic or, World. Just be super cautious, quarantine everybody, every single person, and then don't let them out of the bubble until the shooting is done, and then they go back <laughs> there. I mean, that's what they're doing that's with the NBA. Smart. Yeah, I mean, it's smart. So, yeah. When does Dominion come out? Uh, it was supposed to come out next year, I think summer of 2021, but who knows now? Yeah, probably not now. I was going to say, perfect probably candidate be for a summertime franchise. I just want... Yeah, it'll probably be like Christmas. Spider-Man 3. 
MCU Spider-Man 3. That's all I want, and then they can shut it down forever. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I that I don't know. But anyway, we're yeah. Th- James, thank you so much. Yeah, you were no, the perfect guest you. for this. This was fun. Thank you. Make sure you uh, promote yourself through this and us, obviously. But tell oh, your friends if you have friends down there. Hey, listen to this podcast and just tell people. Tell Mickey. Oh, tell your, I'll tell, tell Mickey. People. He'll tell Donald. <laughs> he'll tell Daisy. You know, oh, we're you know in, how it goes. Yeah, we're in. We're going to get a phone call during a show. Just, what the? <laughs> is this the sequel in podcast? <laughs> uh, yeah. Who's this? Is Goofy there? Yeah, no. But yeah. My thank you, thank you, thank you for being on this episode. Of course, thank you for having me. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it, it was a no-brainer. Thanks like for being on, sharing some anecdotes. And maybe... Talking to us about <laughs> Hunger Games. Maybe we'll... Uh, We'll fit you in when we eventually do Harry Potter, too. I mean, that works. That or Jurassic Park. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Okay, good. Two that are on our radar for the future. So there we go. Yeah. Good stuff, James. Thank you very much again, like I've said several times. All right. Hey, be safe down there in Florida because, yikes. Thank you. I mean, uh, that goes for everyone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll talk to you in the future then probably. Sounds good. All right. See you later, James. See ya. See ya. All right, bye. Yeah, so thank you again to James. That was, I mean, that's good shit. That's good shit. That was really good stuff. Yes. This one's going to be a really good episode. But in all the excitement, you know what I forgot to do is play my recap rap. Now, a little disclaimer, this one is less of a rap and more of a speaking in a poetic way, like slam poetry kind of, but with music behind it. Okay. Because I tried, I wrote it as a rap, but as I was doing it with a couple different beats, I really wanted to use, so I'll have to use them in another episode. It just, it wouldn't fit. I didn't write it to the beat, so it didn't fit and it was throwing me off. So here it is, and it's just more of a lyrical demonstration is what it is. So here we go. To play us out. Yeah. Christian, make sure you're recording. I don't want to have to repeat all this again. On our way to the reaping, everybody's weeping. District 12 is in shambles. It's a heaping pile of poverty-stricken people that are seeking a better life for their kids, husbands, and wives, but they can't fight. The capital demands sacrifice in the form of the young who ahead of them only have life. But in desperation, one girl stands for the nation. Her people watch as she provides no hesitation. Katniss Everdeen volunteers for her little sister watching. Anticipation. Peter comes to the stage. They call him the baker, but he's more, he's a destiny maker. Nerves flow through, the stakes raise like a bar too high, but veins of ice like snowflake and earth shakers. May the odds be ever in your favor. The tributes are set to represent District 12 and Pan Am in the game of death in the hopes of victory so they may crawl out of debt and survive to see the life they never had but longed for at the cost of regret. Table set, get this bread, never forget. 
bloodbath ensues. Cornucopia holds the keys, but Katniss and Rue align to take down the few. Tributes who have numbers all over, dropping mines round the supplies. To the guard's demise, he dies. Katniss tries to save Rue, but arrows fly. Can't deny the love she shows for Levin, but ensues. The riot, don't eat the berries. Hunger games are over now. It's time to catch fire. The time has come for the tour of victors. Snow pays a visit with a heart of ice colder than that of winter. He's bitter, but wants to be convinced of love from the two who defied his power. The games have no winner. Martial law is a hell of a stance to take from the people who want hope in the form of a mockingjay. Death for protest. Snow only wants it his way. No matter what you say, reckoning comes in the day. Much to Katniss and Peter's dismay, they call them the games, but the people know games are meant to be played. This is sacrifice. They're taking the children of Pan Em away. Quarter Quell announced in the ultimate power move. The tributes are selected from the existing victor pool. Thought you were safe, you were fooled. Games start with the genius mind of game maker Plutarch. To hide a revolution in plain sight takes courage from within. He's an artist because this is pure art. With a bolt of lightning to jumpstart. Katniss learns her power as a symbol of hope for Pan Am to see who the real enemies are. Takes her place as the Mockingjay. The revolution is underway. District 13 underground military don't see the light of day. Propaganda vids are shot uncomfortably by the girl but with much dismay. Coin has final say. They take the day when the planes get shot down but the hospital gets blown away. Capital punishment takes aim with a secret weapon. Peter, while his brain is washed, clean slate. If we burn, you burn. Look around you, Snow, you're done. The war, smoke, and arrows blotting out all the sun. No fun, on the run. Gale leading charges, getting Peter back, but the war inside his head has just begun. On the battlefield, finally getting some action. Peter comes with, but serves as distraction. No trust, not yet, but gain traction. When the bad gets worse, our heroes are no matching. The capital sets traps to ensure Katniss gets no satisfaction. Finnick fights to the death to save the cause, cause and effect. With every move, there's an equal and separate reaction. Refugees flood the capital in search of hope. They don't know it's all part of the plan. The coin to end the reign of snow. She wants to win so she can take control. Katniss takes the ultimate blow. On the field, she gets a glimpse of her sister before they explode. Not personal, but it sure feels that way. Say goodbye to Primrose. Execution is set. Katniss wants the final blow the former president, Mr. War Machine, on the stake, ready for the show. She pulls back the arrow, eyes narrow, engage the target, the true enemy stands behind Snow. Coin falls, and Snow laughs with madness. They rush him, kill him, all because of Katniss. Revolution ends, it's a peacetime, filled with sadness. But let's fast forward to Katniss, Peter, living the life in better days. Two kids and everything behind them, as a memory but never phased. A baby with a future lies awake. Nightmares the cause, but Mama Katniss sues the fear away. She tells of coping with all the silly games. Keep your loved ones close and never let them get away. After all, there's much worse games to play. Sequel Men the Podcast Productions. Go like us on Facebook and shit. And remember, be the change you want to see in the world. Maybe that's cheesy. That's alright. I'm out. Yeah, but that's that. A little different. A little different than what I've been that doing. That was but, uh, really good. Thank that you was very much. really, really good. I just tried to go deeper. Very good poetry. I tried to go there. deeper. That, that's what it kind of was. It's more I of felt a like poetry. I was reading a, a, a poet, uh, po- um, a poetry version of the the films.
Like, I does mean, that guess, make sense? Yeah, I know there's a more eloquent way. I'm not as eloquent as that, but subconsciously, I guess that's what I was going for. And I had no. a beat in my head as I was doing it, mm-hmm. but it just it wouldn't work. That's and it really good. Done it justice. So it's a good man. I wish I had a better way to say it. It's there the film. Go. It's like the film's condensed into a great piece of poetry. It's really good. There you go. Yeah, I, I figured. I knew you'd like that one because it's a little deep. I really love the opening line. Yeah, see, and that's what I, like, I, that's the part. Like, once I got the first cup, I was like, I just went. Mm-hmm. And it was, yeah, it was fun. It was cool. It was an interesting ride. Okay, De Niro. <laughs> <laughs> I just said the face. Really, yeah. Greg? I have nipples, Greg. Can you milk me? <laughs> but, hey, Hunger Games is over. Or maybe they're just beginning. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Stick around to find out. We have made it through the Hunger Games. We had the revolution. We overthrew Snow and his tyranny. And And coin. And coin. Coin worse. Coin worse. Coin worse than uh, Snow. (laughs) Why say lot word when few word do trick? (laughs) (laughs) Snow bad, coin worse. <laughs> no, Christian, I know what you're saying. Oh, but are you man. saying the snow or President Snow? <laughs> President. Snow worse, snow bad. See, again, I don't know. Are Thanks, you saying Kevin. the snow? <laughs> Me see world. <laughs> that was perfect. All right. Christian. But no, we made it through. We're, we are in the new free Pan Am. We made it through. We're done with this franchise, Spencer. We are. And we're going on to the next, which... That's is right. the next. I don't know. We're going on to the next. So stick around. Stick and, around. Uh, we might have a little surprise after our a- outro here. Yeah. We didn't forget about our reveal, but a little uh, after credits uh, secret for you. Mm-hmm. Little. But we're not done yet. <laughs> so there's that. So yeah. Well, anyway, I guess we'll wrap it up here. Thank All you. Right. This has been another episode of Sequel Men, the podcast. Special guest James Stevens down from Florida friend of ours from Grand Valley. Um, we we had our talk about Mockingjay, about Catching Fire, all the Hunger Games, and we're moving forward. You can listen to this episode and all the other episodes on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, and, of course, Podbean, where our hosting is held. That, yes, that is true. That's yeah. true. But if that you want to get... True. If you... <laughs> If you want to get up close and personal, you know what you got to do? Email the show. We haven't got any in a while, so just come on, yeah. please. If I mean, I'll read it on the show for you, but you can email that at sequelmen19. Maybe they don't want it right on the show. Sequel, okay, then put that in the description. Fine. Okay, I'm, I'm I won't you go, unless you, you do want me to. I'm sorry. Sequelmen19 at gmail.com, or you can find us on Instagram, which I've lacked in posting for a while, but I'll try to get back to it. That is at Sequel Men the Podcast. And on Twitter, which I think Christian kind of heads up. I, I don't know. I don't have the app. I stay off Twitter. Although I tweeted at somebody very important. And it's a long shot. But the, uh, where was I? Yeah, at Sequel Men 19. And on the Facebook, find us, Sequel Men the Podcast. Reach out, say something. We post stuff, comment on it, recommend. Give us five star. Write a review on on the iTunes, iPapple, iPapple, Apple Podcast. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're we're real pumped to, to go to the, the next phase of the show. So, All right. And with that, 
we are really excited for the next one. That's right, Christian, because you're a sequel in the podcast. All films are created sequel. <laughs>